JMV here with Brian Kahn from Floors to Your Home. Fans, if you're shopping for flooring of any kind, you need to check these guys out. You're going to have the most incredible, totally hassle-free shopping experience ever. JMV, we really appreciate you saying that. That's our goal every day, to offer our customers a quick, easy, and hassle-free experience at all of our Floors to Your Home locations. Fans, it works like this. You see the product you like. It's going to be cheaper than anywhere else. That's for sure. Then you can immediately take it home with you or have it installed. That's right. No hassle, no special order. Just see it, buy it, and take it home, or have it installed. Like three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof flooring starting at just 349 and they have everything in stock. I'm doing my whole house, and believe me, this is the best shopping experience you'll ever have. Three convenient locations, Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who gives the quickest, easiest, and most hassle-free buying experience? Floors to your home. That's who. And here we go. I should have stayed home and played with myself. What do you like to do? Oh, I don't know. Play chess? School? Well, let's play chess. Indianapolis Colts select Anthony Richardson. Richardson going to take off and run. He's in there. Touchdown. I-N-D-Y. The first career touchdown. Here's Halliburton into the front court. Mishandled it, but gets a shot. Hits it. Hits it. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome on a Thursday. This is yet another stop we're doing along with Michelob Ultra. Our friends from Zank are here setting up NBA Jam. I mean, what an appropriate day to be setting up NBA Jam, to be inviting you down with us to play NBA Jam, to be giving away. And again, if you're watching via the AAA membership lounge youtube live you can win these right here the original the official nike air courtside michelob ultra shoes you see them in blue and gold right there you can win if you are the high score and if you are the high score you win those you advance to the finals coming up next week whiskey business off of southport road this is a fan favorite among our stops And uh, we look for you on this Thursday. And again, I mentioned it's appropriate because the NBA is the dominant news today, even though I know we're working our way up to the Super Bowl. And I I constantly remind you of this. We're all going to be watching, but there's not a lot of fanfare and lead up, right, for us. Because, I mean, it's Kansas City and San Francisco and yeah, whatever. For the most part, that's the case. But NBA dominant today. So get down here, play NBA Jam, get that high score, and you can win these shoes and advance to the finals next week where the winner will end up taking home NBA Jam, the arcade machine, and just get any number of concert tickets. I've told you the spring and summer and fall around here going to be absolutely incredible. And Zinc and Michelob Ultra, they have set you up with a opportunity at so many different concerts in a package you also win as being the champion. And again, you get to the finals by winning here at Whiskey Business off of Southport Road on the south side today. I am looking forward. We also have, I think, for a winner or we got – 
the JMV Jam t-shirts right here. You see, if you're watching again during uh, the AAA membership lounge, you got JMV. That's me right here. That's uh, that's uh, left. That's uh, left. And then, well, I guess it doesn't look that way if it's coming back to me on video. Be swift of uh, 100.9 on the other side right there. We have got you covered with that. We just look for you here at Whiskey Business. All right. One of the reasons why this is such a big NBA day, get Golden State in town coming off a back-to-back, a winner last night in Philadelphia. There is so much irony, maybe coincidence because of a deal. However, you want to describe it, that's okay with me. But you get Golden State in town coming up later on tonight. You get Trace Jackson Davis back here, central Indiana. For the only time this year with the Golden State Warriors, you get Steph Curry. Looks like he's going to play in the second half of a back-to-back. That's a story that we shall follow. But the Pacers have made themselves different. Uh, They have been active in the trade deadline today. And most recently, it was Doug McDermott, who is a former Pacer in a deal. Expiring contract, former Pacer in San Antonio. A second-round pick and what they got in a deal earlier today in Marcus Morris going to San Antonio for Doug McDermott. And the book on McDermott this year, and a lot of people say, well, you know what? They got that three-point shooting. Well, considering what I've heard with everybody regarding the first deal that they made today, I don't know how much of that three-point shooting you're going to expect to see. Because everybody was so incredibly happy to see the opening up of of minutes for Benedict Matherin, whom I love, by the way. Or the opportunity to open up more minutes for Jairus Walker, whom I like a great deal, but I don't know enough about. I'll get to that in a second. But Doug McDermott coming from San Antonio to here right before the trade deadline, which expired at 3 o'clock Eastern time. And if you want to know the book on him this season in San Antonio, there hadn't been a a great deal of playing time. 44% from three-point range. I guess there has been more than what I thought. I didn't think he played as much as when I look at it now. I guess he has so far this season. But 44% from distance. And for Doug McDermott, I mean, hell, you know him. He's been here before. Um, That is what a lot of people are looking for. Now, the first deal of the day came with the Pacers and the Philadelphia 76ers. And it went like this. So Buddy Heald, and we've talked about Buddy Heald for the better part of the past year, and certainly that had been upgraded to consistently all day long in the past couple of weeks. Uh, Buddy Heald had gone through a slump. Buddy Heald had a nice night the other night shooting the three, and that went over Houston. But everybody thought because... They weren't on the same page, his team and the Pacers, about an extension, uh, keeping him around here. Now, there could be a lot of reasons. I don't know concretely how many of these are accurate, but this is the nuts and the bolts of the deal that then led to the deal for McDermott later on in the day. So Buddy Heald goes to Philadelphia. If you watched the Sixers last night without Joel Embiid, they're an absolute mess. Now we'll get to the effect or the impact that Buddy will have in Philadelphia in a minute. But Buddy Heald, he's going to Philadelphia. Marcus Morris and Furkan Korkmaz is coming here. And again, we're not going to see Marcus Morris spend a minute here. I don't know about Korkmaz. 
2024 second rounder, 2029 Clippers second round pick, 2029 Trailblazers second round pick, unprotected and unprotected. That is what was coming back to the Pacers as well. So basically what they ended up getting is three second round selections. And I highly doubt if, if Cork Moss is going to be around here for five seconds too. We'll see, I guess. But here's my take on it. Before we get to Evan Sidery, uh, Forbes and Moore, who covers the NBA, and get his take on it. Here's mine. And I've been fighting a losing battle all day. If you want to call it a battle, not really a battle, but I'm just sticking with my opinion. I value Buddy in the present now with this group more than a lot of you do. And most of you have suggested that I overvalue him. I don't think that I do. I think I value him to also a level that the best player on the team values him. So I think if you're saying that about me, you're also saying that regarding Tyrese Halliburton. And no, it's not just all about friendship. Tyrese Halliburton brought up some of those valid basketball reasons that I have argued in the past regarding Buddy Hill. But I'm fighting a losing battle, if you will. And part of this, these are all the things that I understand. And I am absolutely buried by all this with my argument. I'm buried by the fact that nothing prior could be done. I'm buried by the fact, I don't know whether or not that Buddy just said, hey, if this is going to be my playing time or if I'm going to be bent, I don't know what, if anything at all, was said behind the scenes. I understand that you want to get something, anything, instead of letting him walk for nothing. I understand that you want to see Benedict Matherin get more minutes. I understand even you want to see, to a degree, Jairus Walker at some point get more minutes. These are all things that I absolutely get. I also understand that you like what you got in that huge deal a couple of weeks ago with Pascal Siakam, and you will have to address that at some point. That I also understand. So... Even with those, what is that like, a five-pronger right there that I just gave you? Arguments for the trade and me against. And my against is strictly living in this moment and what he brings to this team. And a lot of you can't see that because he hasn't shot it well recently. A lot of you just look at that as face value or you nerd it up and you look at numbers and tell me, what he has done or how they have won, what clip they're winning, what percentage when he's out there compared to when he isn't, and he's a detriment. I fully understand that on the defensive end, he's a drag. But if you got rid of everybody on the defensive end on this team that were a drag, there would probably not be too many of these dudes left. But there's no doubt. I, I I am battling against it. I get it. I just hate this. I hate that we always end up having to look even further down the road. All right? I'm not suggesting this team can't still win right now. I just think that this team offensively is still better with Buddy. And I think you're going to find that out. I think the other thing that he never got credit for, and believe me, some of you out there, when you get involved with these analytics, because I've gone through this with Miles, you don't always look at everything. You conveniently look away from stuff that's important. And even when you have a guy that shoots at that level, at that elite level of the NBA, 
even when he's not knocking things down, that doesn't mean he does not have a profound impact on the game. I've mentioned this before. I mean, you watch guys scramble. You watch defensive rotations get fouled up. What does that do? It may open up Buddy Heald, and maybe he misses a jumper. But on a different possession, somebody else gets open. Because it's not like, the the rest of the NBA is not like some of you out there that go, hey, you know what? He's had three games, and he can't shoot, and he no longer can shoot, and he stinks, and we got to trade him. They still look at it in the scout, and they still prepare for it as if this is a guy that can't miss. That brings a great deal of emphasis every single game. And I just look at it this way. I think with Buddy on the floor, whether you start him or come off the bench, whatever, when he's on the floor, even a slumping and a bad shooting Buddy Heald is a weapon because he has to be marked. You have to pay attention to him. And that opens up other avenues for other players. Other guys may get an easier look. Other guys may be forgotten about. Maybe you get your defenses crossed up in a rotation. Two guys go to the same guy. Maybe that's buddy, somebody wide open. You always have to be aware. I mean, if the Pacers were to, surprisingly enough, ever get on the offensive glass, the kick out and the step in three is the most deadly of the three-pointers in basketball on any level. That's been my argument. And again, that's a failing argument. That's an argument I'm not going to win with most of you out there. I just think, and I hate to see it, everybody downplay the impact that he has had and still would have on this team. There's no fighting it. He's gone. They're going this direction. And there's ample reason as to why you look at this and you go, all right, Kevin Pritchard, Chad Buchanan, thumbs up. Great job. But at the same time, I'm going to give you my angle of what you're going to miss outside what you have seen in the past five games that you view as detrimental and no longer worthy and no longer of value. That's my lone angle. I'll get back to that coming up in just a minute. we got plenty of time for you to talk. I rearranged this day a little bit. I'll explain coming up in a minute why we did that. Obviously, it's why we did that. Again, live at Whiskey Business on the south side. Love to see you with NBA Jam, but on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Uh, sorry he was waiting a little bit longer than what I had thought when I originally scheduled him near off the top of the show or at 10 after. Evan Sidery of Forbes and more. Uh, he is our basketball analyst, insider, and such on this show who joins us right now. I, I don't know if you heard a lot what I had to say. Um, I, I do realize that when I'm trying to debate anybody that is pro this deal, it's a losing debate for me because there are a lot of good things and certainly a lot of valid reasons as to why the Pacers made that move. I just hope this doesn't lead to a decrease in offense or a decrease in offense for others because when he is out there and he has thought about defensively, they pay attention to him defensively, it's not the same. And I also hate it when people downplay the impact he has had with this team when this team has won and the building of this team in its early stages right here. But I do realize, Evan, that mostly it is a losing battle for me, isn't it? Yeah, I think I would disagree with you a little bit on that, John, just because – and thanks again for having me on today. 
But I think what's big about that, and I agree on most of your points with Buddy Heal, the offensive gravity he brought, the veteran leadership in that locker room, his close relationship with Tyrese Halliburton, all great points. But what happened about 25 minutes ago, I think it plays into the role of why they did this. They reacquired Doug McDermott from the San Antonio Spurs. They traded a second-round pick and rerouted Marcus Morris. So now Doug McDermott is going to be filling that Buddy Heal role for this team. And on top of that, getting the three future second-round picks and what could be really uh, a Andrew Nemhard type of late first-round pick. It's going to be probably a top 35 pick they got in that deal with the Sixers. You add in Doug McDermott to this rotation. He's going to be playing 15, 20 minutes per game, probably what Buddy Hill would have been playing anyways the rest of the season. McDermott's shooting almost 44% on threes this year. He's a career plus 40% three-point shooter. I see their reasoning here because I, I doubt they're going to maybe re-sign McDermott, maybe just a rental. But Buddy Hill, you weren't going to be able to keep him past this season. He was probably going to get $20-plus million dollars on the open market this summer and that the luxury tax concerns there, I get the Pacers standpoint there. So I would have said maybe it, maybe it disrupting the chemistry a little bit with Buddy Heal off the roster. Maybe that's kind of a move. It's a risky move there, but as of 20 or so minutes ago, getting Doug McDermott from the Spurs really kind of fills that whole void that Buddy Heal is leaving. And on top of that, you get a couple future second round picks and maybe even really an early second round or pseudo late first round pick in this deal. So I kind of really honestly like the moves they made today when you add the Doug McDermott tray on top of that. Evan Sidery joins us. How many minutes do you say you expect McDermott to get in this lineup? I do. I think he'll be like the ninth, 10 guy in this rotation. I think he'll play about 15, 20 minutes per game. I think he's going to fit really well in that second unit too. With what I'm projecting right now, whether it be Andrew Nemhart, TJ McConnell, point guard, maybe you have Matherin off the bench still if Nemhart's starting next to Halliburton, but a potential second unit of TJ McConnell, Benedict Matherin, Obi Toppin, Jalen Smith, then you throw in Doug McDermott as your wing there in that second unit. That's a really solid 10-man rotation there, in my opinion. And you also have Isaiah Jackson in the fold there as your 11th guy, so one of those guys gets in foul trouble there. I think that's a really solid rotation. You added assets on top of that. And McDermott's not going to be playing much, maybe 15, 20 minutes, maybe in a postseason series. He might get played off the court because he's not going to be a defensive player at all. But he's a guy that's going to fill that Buddy Heel type of role. So I expect him at least in the next few months to play about 15, 20 minutes a game. Yeah, I just um, – I, I thought that Buddy would get more than that. And I also – I, I kind of rationalized, you know, Buddy going to the bench. As certainly, they, they want to get better defensively. And you can tell when Nimhart Evan, is playing now, uh, he's, he's more focused on the defensive end than he has been. I mean, really, he shot it well the other night against Houston, and he hasn't prior to. But it's almost been like that the, the scoring in his offensive end was secondary into, into what they have told him they want him to be defensively. And I, I think that that's, A, the reason why he was vaulted into the starting lineup. But, B, I think we have seen the evolution once again of T.J. McConnell and the importance that they see in him getting more clock, more minutes as that backup point guard and wanting to see even more of that. I think that that played as significant of a role as anything else did in all that is going on right now with that lineup change. And also, I think, too, just going back to the Buddy Heel trade a little bit here, John, I, I think they were really excited about what they've seen from Ben Shepard over the last month or so. With his defense, his energy, his three-point shot's not falling now, but he was a 40% three-point shooter at Belmont. So he could be another guy you could throw in there. And this Buddy Heel trade, I think, more to me speaks to the time is now for Benedict Matherin. Uh, I think the time is now for him to really show he could be that third foundational piece, or fourth foundational piece of this core, alongside Halliburton, Pascal Siakam, and Miles Turner. If Benedict Matherin plays well this year and potentially next year, if, if they go about that, 
I actually do think this is more of a bet on Benedict Matherin at this point because I think Buddy Heald, he would have been gone this summer anyways, but now this opens up more minutes for guys like Ben Shepard, Benedict Matherin as well. So I think, honestly, the, the Buddy Heald void, I think it's going to hurt a little bit in the short term. But once you integrate these young guys, get them more minutes in, in the lineup, maybe Doug McDermott gets thrown into that mix as well. I really like how they shake, the, shake things up a little bit. All right, uh, it's Evan Sider with us, too. And um, we also should mention the Warriors, who are in town tonight against the Pacers, trading Corey Joseph back to the Pacers, another guy that's been here before. And that deal, reportedly from Shams, is worthy of a second-round selection. So Corey Joseph back as well as Doug McDermott and Buddy Heald off to Philadelphia. So now we're, what, 20 minutes or so past the NBA trade deadline. I don't know if anything else is going to trickle in informationally. What do you view about what the Pacers have done here in the past three or so hours? I'm a big fan of it. Uh, the Corey Joseph move, just to give some notes on that real quick. He'll be the third, fourth point guard. He probably won't be in the rotation. The Pacers are actually over the roster limit now after this Corey Joseph trade, which makes me really believe after Marcus Morris got traded and rerouted in that Doug McDermott trade, Furkan Korkmaz, who they got in that trade as well with Buddy Heald, I think he's going to be the odd man out here. I think he'll probably be bought out, and he'll be off this roster in the next couple of days, which will keep Corey Joseph on this roster instead. But when you add in Corey Joseph, Doug McDermott, two former Pacers, two guys who can shoot the three if necessary, you add in as well into the mix there. I do like what they did. I think the draft picks is going to be interesting. Now the Pacers have, I believe, four second-round picks in 2029, which is a lot. I know it's six years, five years down the road, but these assets. Uh, Kevin Percher always talks about John optionality. I feel like a move like this really opens things up for them in the summer where they have an extra pseudo-late first-round pick, early second-round pick. You have all these future second-round picks in the next four or five years. On top of their first-round picks, they still own outside of the Pascal Siakam trade that they traded away. I think the Pacers now, they let a guy who they're going to leave anyways in the summer. They got three second-round picks in exchange for him. They replaced him in the short term in Doug McDermott, who's an even better three-point shooter than Buddy Heald's been so far this year. I think it's a slight downgrade as far as the rotation goes, as far as replacing Heald with McDermott. But I think overall what they've done, the asset movement they've done as well, I give the Pacers a solid B-plus in this deadline. So Evan Sidery joins us. Forbes Sports and more. Used to be with Basketball News. Does his own thing as well. He's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Potline. Whiskey Business on the South Side NBA Jam. And Michelob Ultra, the side where you can play in the uh, winter. Gets the shoes right here. I'll explain coming up in just a second. How much of an impact did this deal have on the Pacers now? However many weeks, what, three weeks, close to a month at least gaining on that, past the deal for Pascal Siakam where you know, and you probably knew anyway, right, what he was going to be, and you know what you're going to have to pay him, and you're maybe setting the stage for that or maybe even more so setting the stage to try to compete for somebody like Jalen Smith. This move impactful with those two personalities in mind? Yeah, I think Buddy Hill getting – trading him today and getting those assets back, it was just an indication they weren't going to re-sign him. And just with the way their roster crunch is going to be salary-wise this summer, John, you're going to give Siakam a four- or five-year full-scale max contract. It's going to be over $40 million a year. That's going to be a lot, a lot of money there. You add in Jalen Smith, if they want to keep him around, he's probably going to cost around $10, $11 million a year because that's what backup centers that are really good are going for nowadays in free agency. If he declines that player option, he's going to cost around that, around that money. So now if you trade away Buddy Heald, you now have the flexibility to re-sign Siakam to his full-scale max contract. You also have the flexibility now to re-sign Jalen Smith 
to a respectable offer around 8 to $10 million a year. And even then, you still avoid the luxury tax, which I think is a huge deal. As everyone knows, the Pacers have never yeah. paid the luxury tax before. I imagine it's not going to be happening anytime soon anyways. So to avoid the luxury tax, you bring back uh, assets for Buddy Heald, and now you have more flexibility for getting a guy back like Jalen Smith, which is a good example there. Maybe now you can keep Jalen Smith instead of Buddy Heald. And Jalen Smith this year has really proven he might be the long-term starting five of the future. So Evan Sidery, who was with us, um, you look at uh, Buddy Heald. Do you think Buddy Heald's going to be longer term in Philly, or is this a stopgap while Embiid's out just looking for anything right now to try to survive offensively? I think for them it's more of the short term, but it's also once Embiid is back in the postseason, it sounds like Embiid should be back in March or April. And having a guy with the gravity of Buddy Heald you were talking about earlier, John, that's going to be a huge, huge help for a guy like Joel Embiid, where Heald's going to be getting massively wide-open shots now, even more so than we've saw throughout his Pacers tenure. Once Embiid's back in that lineup, he's going to play once to Tyrese Maxey in that backcourt too. Maybe Buddy Heald get play off the court a little bit in the postseason due to his defense, but if you throw in a 40% three-point shooter next to a guy like Joel Embiid, he's going to be getting spoon-fed easy looks from three pretty immediately once Embiid's back in the lineup. In the short term, though, with no Joel Embiid, I think it might be a difficult adjustment period for them with Buddy Heald, but I do think it's all about betting on Joel Embiid and his health because this Sixers team continues to disappoint in the postseason. You just have to add as much shooters as you can around Embiid, so I see the risk they took there. Do we know how far off the Pacers were with Buddy Heald and his representation on you know contract extension that they had talked about, and obviously didn't seem like they came near any common ground with that. Yeah, I, I, I've heard the same on that, John. And I, it was way back in the, in the preseason, around September or so. I think Buddy Heald and his camp wanted around $20 million annually on an extension. The Pacers were not wanting to do anything close to that, more in the 10 to $15 million a year range, probably in the $15 million a year range there. And that kind of dialogue was stalling out. That's why we saw the report in September saying the Pacers were open to trading Buddy Heald due to those field extension talks. I think with the way free is shaping up, John, Buddy Heald's probably going to be one of the top free agents available which is going to make him a lot of money this summer, even with the down year he's had so far. And I think the Pacers kind of realized we're not going to be able to afford Buddy Heald. He's going to get $20 million a year from someone, but I think it's not going to be Indiana. So I think for that, I think they were just too far uh, too far apart in contract extension talks, uh, really for this to ever be resolved. I think they kind of knew from the very beginning, back in September, October, that Buddy Heald probably was going to be gone by the deadline. Yeah, so how many minutes compared? This can be. You mentioned this regarding McDermott, and I know a lot of people are, you know, kind of comparing the two. Or they got McDermott now, so, you know, that makes everything make sense. How, how many minutes do you, you said McDermott's going to get like 10 to 15, I think is what you said. So was Buddy's minutes going to decrease to that point as well? Is that something you would have seen had he stayed within this team and its roster? I kind of felt, honestly, we were reaching that point. Just with the way Ben Shepard's been playing lately, he's really actually earned a rotation spot, as you've seen. that He's not been getting recalled down to the Mad Ants with Jairus Walker, just been Jairus Walker over the last two or three weeks, going back and forth to the, to the Mad Ants there. Ben Shepard earned his spot in this rotation. I think the Pacers are really intrigued now to potentially get him some minutes, maybe throw in Doug McDermott, and they, those two guys split those minutes that Buddy Heal is now leaving. And as mentioned, he also opened the door more and more for guys like Andrew Nemhard and Benedict Mathurin to get even more minutes. So I think it's a bet on the young guys. It's also a bet on Doug McDermott. If you have to play him 10 to 15 minutes a game, he's going to give you that three-point shoot that Buddy Heald that, that he's leaving with. So I really think that Ben Shepard honestly played a big role in this, along with Benedict Mathurin. 
A lot better defensively, I guess, too. Or are we just counting on that with the insertion of Nimhard in the starting lineup now? Is that where that comes from? Because my, my major concern is, and I guess now it doesn't matter because Buddy Heal's going to be in Philadelphia. But I, I'm sorry, Evan, this team, this team, and I know that things get tighter, especially when you get into the postseason, and it's really going to be tough to put up those extravagant numbers on the board. I just don't think this team is capable of winning if they don't at least get in the ballpark of what has been normalcy offensively this year, that has been a concern of mine. How about you? Yeah, I mean, the way this Pacers roster sh- shooken out, John, over the last couple months, and really since the Pascal Siakam trade, they've gotten a little better defensively, but the, the, the DNA of this team is really you have to score 130, 140 points for them to win. And that's not a long-term sustainable winning formula. But Siakam, since he's come, the Pacers have gotten a little bit better. And that might be all they need, to be honest. Like, they're a top 25, top 20 defense instead of the bomb, too, which I think is actually a big difference for this Pacers team. And I think seeing Tyrese Halliburton getting back in the lineup and seeing Halliburton hopefully go off this minutes restriction soon after the All-Star break, I think that's when you're going to really see this team at full force because really Halliburton and Siakam have not really played one full game together yet. They play, played in Portland, but that's when Halliburton re-aggravated his hamstring injury. So we haven't really seen those two guys play full minutes together yet. And I think that's the most exciting part here is seeing how those two are going to function in the next couple months, how these young guys are going to develop now, how you can integrate a guy like Doug McDermott into this rotation. I think what the Pacers did today is pretty solid. And I think, honestly, with – the defense, it's going to always be a concern to this team with the way they built this roster. Tyrese Halliburton's not ever going to probably be a plus defender. But if you can surround him with guys like Siakam, Aaron Neesmith, Andrew Nemhard, that goes a long way, and Miles Turner at the rim as well. That's going to go a very long way to at least hiding Halliburton on, on defense and allowing him to focus fully on offense there. So they've gotten better defensively, John. I think offensively they're going to have to keep doing what they're doing, but I think they're going to be a very scrappy, very tough team in the postseason. I don't think a lot of teams in the East want to play this team. So Evan Sidery, again, the deals today, the first that started the avalanche, if you will, was uh, Buddy Hield going to Philly. That was Corkmaz and Morris, three second-rounders coming back here. And then right before the 3 o'clock hour, Doug McDermott here for Marcus Morris, who had a cup of coffee barely, and then is heading to San Antonio, where I'm likely he's going to be bought out and be out there for a buyout type of deal for somebody here for the stretch run of the regular season. So Doug McDermott is here, and then another second rounder, I believe, to Golden State. So Corey Joseph can just uh, transfer locker rooms, I guess, when he gets to Cambridge Fieldhouse. Again, two former Pacers in the fold. Am I up to date on everything right here? I want to make sure I am. Up to date? Yeah, it's been- been a big wheeling and dealing day, John. You see Buddy Heal out the door. You add in McDermott. You add in Corey just for a reunion in Indiana. But, yeah, very active day for the Pacers. Very active day in the NBA for sure. Is there anything that I missed regarding situational impact further down the road? Because, you know, a lot of this, I call it nerdery. And I call it nerdery because I'm not good at math. But a lot of the math and, you know, a lot of the rules and such – Anything I missed as far as what the Pacers were trying to do with all this on this day to position to, to, to position themselves better, not just for today, but for further down the road? Anything at all that I whiffed on? No, I think we covered all the bases there. Honestly, you get Buddy Heald, a guy you're not going to re-sign anyways due to the cap constrictions. He, you get three second-round picks for him, and you add in now the flexibility of re-signing Siakam to a max contract and potentially bringing back Jalen Smith and or Obi Toppin, and you're not going to be hitting the luxury tax now. And he would have done that if you would have re-signed Buddy Heald to what he wanted 
plus brought back top and plus brought back Jalen Smith. So now you have more flexibility where you can bring back Siakam plus one or two of those guys off the bench. And now you avoid the luxury tax, which assignment families never paid. And I, I doubt they will ever. Are you surprised Toppin's still here? A little bit, a little bit. Cause I think that I would have been very curious to see Juris Walker in the second half of the season, but the way this team's playing they're in win now mode, I, I totally get it. Obi Toppin, he's been inconsistent, but I think he fits well off that bench. And especially next to a guy, Jalen Smith, uh, he's played well next to him too. So maybe Obi Toppin can split those minutes up with McDermott, Isaiah Jackson, Jalen Smith, all those guys fighting for minutes there. But Obi Toppin, I'll be very curious to see what happens to him in the summer because he'll be a restricted free agent. The Pacers can bring him back on his qualifying offer. They can match any offer they want to as well. Maybe with Toppin's inconsistent play, might be able to bring him back on a cheaper deal than many expect. All right, I, I did want to mention this, and this is – I'm going to sound kind of like a jackass, Evan. I don't mean to sound like this whatsoever. People are shaking their head going, yeah, sure, but I don't. But I always draw this conclusion, and, and you brought up Jarris Walker, and, you know, you really want to see him. Why? Why is it necessary right now? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it's more so just because me personally, I was a big fan of Jairus Walker and the pre-draft process. He reminded me, me an too. awful lot. I of, liked him too. Yes, he reminds me of a Draymond Green type of player. He was he was built up in the pre-draft process, one of the more NBA ready prospects. So when the Pacers drafted him, I immediately thought he might be their starting power forward, and that, that's what I was thinking going into training camp. I think he's developing a little slower than they expected. I think they're experimenting more and more with him on the offensive end in the G League, doing what he's doing with the Mad Ants. So I get what they're doing. They're taking an extremely slow process with Jairus Walker. I think it's more so just the excitement of a guy like Jairus Walker because with the way this Pacers team is now and constructing moving forward, Pascal Siakam, Jairus Walker's probably going to be the highest draft pick they're going to have for a very long time. So you need to hit on Jairus Walker. You need to make sure he's going to be part of your core moving forward here. Obviously, they kept him out of the Pascal Siakam traits. So they like him in his long-term future there. I guess now with Toppin staying around too, John, this is going to be a full retro year for Jairus Walker in his rookie year. I, I just thought about this, and there's a reason why that Rick Carlisle doesn't put him in, and I like him too. And I thought there was a reason. People always saying, well, you know, you trade Buddy because you've got to get Matherin more minutes. Well, he could have more minutes, earn more minutes. I mean, I don't think Rick wasn't hustling Buddy out there all the time, but we got to make sure we make Buddy Heald happy right here, right? So is it not about earning it? And it does come down to the coach doing that. So, and, and I, I want to see Matherin play. I love watching Benedict Matherin play, but I also respect the judgment of Rick Carlisle when a dude or somebody else may not be ready and not trying to force him into a situation where I'm sorry, people around here want to stink and win right now. And we can get all excited about the future and you should be, but this is also a – it'd be really great if he'd win right now because we're all really used to losing around here moment. And I think sometimes situations like that, Evan, get lost on it. For sure. And I think now with how loaded this rotation is, I mean, they can play 10, 11, maybe even a 12th guy in this rotation still after today. Like, they still have a lot of depth on this roster, one of the best benches in the NBA. I think you have the luxury – of letting Jairus Walker come along slowly this year, for example. And maybe next year, if Obi Toppin doesn't stay, that's when you put Jairus Walker into the rotation as your backup big and go from there. But I, I do think guys like Mather, and we've already seen it last year with Carlisle, he was intentionally very slow at Benedict Mather early on. And that was by design. That's to get him developed, to get his foundations in place for what is important on the NBA level. And when you think about it more and more, 
it's probably exactly what they're doing with Jairus Walker, too. I, I just think Jairus Walker's a little bit more raw than Benedict Mather was, especially on the offensive end. Uh, I think that's probably what they're doing with Jairus Walker a little bit, is just playing it slow and kind of taking that route they did last year at Matherin, where you, you let him earn his minutes, earn his time, and then now maybe next year you see Jairus Walker unleash into that rotation a little bit. Well done as always, Evan. I appreciate that. Especially yeah. putting up with my uh, hard-headed jackassery, which can be difficult. My apologies. <laughs> oh, no. I always enjoy it, John. Really appreciate the time. Thank you. Yeah, anytime. Thank you. Evan Sidery right there. Uh, Forbes, he's got his own thing going um, as well. He does a really good job. And I love having him because he breaks stuff down. See, I, I take the really easy dumbass route is what I take. And I say, can you do these nerdy numbers for me? Because <laughs> I don't want to do it. So, yeah, I mean, he, he really does that. I appreciate it. All right. Other side, I've got time for you guys to chime in at 239-1070. I'm assuming some people want to talk it up. I mean, most people out there are happy. Some may not be. Some may be unhappy with me. But I think it's now your time to step it up at 239-1070. Love to have you. Whiskey Business, Southside, Michelob Ultra. Again, our NBA Jam Arcade game is here. High score gets these shoes if you're watching via the AAA Membership Lounge on YouTube Live. Got that for you to win while we're here in Southport Road, Whiskey Business. Corey Joseph most recently. Right before three, Doug McDermott. So two former Pacers back again. And Buddy Heald is gone. Get your thoughts on the afternoon of the NBA trade deadline coming up on the other side. The stream, the app, the AAA membership lounge via YouTube Live, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Here's Johnny! David Letterman! Hi, David. I'm Grandpa. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, this has been an exciting day. I just need to see you to add the excitement here. NBA Jam, our friends from Zinc, Michelob Ultra. Another opportunity for you to be the champion. I think they call it the grand champion in like these barbecue pit battles, right? Grand champion. Be the champion. The high score wins the shoes. The shoes are right here. The official Nike Air courtside Michelob Ultra shoes that I have right here for you. That's what you're going to win. You've got the uh, JMV Jam t-shirts. Look like Are they gone already? Oh, man, they're gone. These things are popular. Look at those bad boys right there. Uh, plenty of gear for you. Whiskey Business, Southport Road, Southside. Would love to see you. Buddy Heald gone. Doug McDermott here. Corey Joseph here. Both of those players, former Pacers. So we'll talk about that. Get your thoughts at 239-1070 right now. Tucker Barnhart is still on the board at 430. He's heading out to uh, Arizona for spring training. I'm going to get him in here a little bit later on. Mike Chappell, NFL honors tonight. We'll find out regarding uh, Dwight Freeney and Reggie Wayne, if they make the Hall of Fame. Mike will join us coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. And I think Alex Golden is back in the 5 coming up, too, from setting the pace. Dustin DePurak of the Star talks pacer moves top of the hour. Jerome is at 239-1070 right now. Hello, Jerome. Hey, how's it going, man? Horrible, 
Horrible day today. I'm going to be honest with you. Corey Joseph, yeah, I get it. But Doug McDermott, let me see. He's six foot nine. plays like he's 6'2". He cannot get his own shot off. He cannot create out the dribble. And his defense makes Buddy Hill look like defensive player of the year. You're going to bring that guy back. He is unplayable. No other team in the NBA wanted to trade for him but us. He makes $13 million a year. Now, when Philadelphia gets Embiid back, which they should, and we're playing them in the playoffs, and you're triple teaming Embiid because you know Miles is scared to play him straight up. And then you got to do Easy, with- easy, easy. Go ahead, Jerome. Okay. And then you got to double team <laughs> the guard, and Buddy's out there shooting wide open. I mean, let's be honest. Doug McDermott, come on, man. Seriously, any, if you would have said you brought back Lance Stevenson, I would have turned cartwheels. At least Lance knows what he can do. I can take the what? ball. The guy what? Cart, the what cartwheels? They would, have, they would have hauled you off turning cartwheels for something like Jack I, Jerome. I What's going I, on? I guarantee Come you, on, man. Doug McDermott will be on the bench at the end of the season. He's unplayable. Well, Let me he's going to be on the bench when he gets there. I mean, yes. Yes, he will. Who's going to set screens? He can't get his own shot off. So remember how he was when he played here? We had to spend half a shot clock getting him an open look. If he hits it, maybe. If he does, great. But then the next play down, his man's going right at him. You can't have two liabilities out there. Halliburton's not really a defensive player. You got McDermott out there. And come playoff time, I heard you hurt everybody's feelings. McDonald's unplayable. There was a time when TJ was in Philadelphia. They had MB, Jimmy Butler, All-Star Ben Simmons at the time, not the knucklehead, and they had Tobias Harris. And they couldn't hide him on the floor. What are we going to do when we got to have Doug well, guard somebody? Yeah, and Jerome, thank you. I I, I will say this. I, I don't think that McDermott's going to be playing those impactful minutes that Jerome was talking about. However, I will laugh because I've heard it, because I've read it. I've seen it. People suggesting that, you know what? You trade Buddy Hill. This is prior to today. Maybe you can get somebody back, a veteran presence that's good on the defensive end. Yeah. As far as liabilities are concerned, there are a lot of, maybe not liabilities, but this team's got a lot of ole in them defensively. And that's the thing that I have talked about. You cannot lose your offensive ability. You're going to say, well, they're not going to lose their offensive ability, but you have to maintain a level that we have seen as close as you can because your defense just is not going to raise that bar, if at all, much more. I mean, they have and good for them, but it's just not coming much more than that. All right, get back to that in a second. Jerome is unhappy. We'll see who else is going to hang on here at 239-1070. Jerome's got McDermott being out there as a starter playing the entire game, I think, right there, which won't happen. We'll dive back into that coming up in a minute. I sound like Sweeball right there. We're live at Whiskey Business on the south side. Michelob Ultra brings us to you in what has been a busy day. Buddy Heald to Philly. Doug McDermott from San Antonio to here. And uh, Corey Joseph, who's just going to change the locker rooms tonight from Golden State to the Pacers. you got Golden State and the Blue and Gold tonight as well. we got a lot more for you. Don't go anywhere, including NBA Jam for prizes here at Whiskey Business. 93.5, The Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. 
So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. Two more minutes. They could be miles off course. That's impossible. They're on instruments. A real sweat. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. We are at Whiskey Business off of Southport Road. Yeah, the Pacers and the Warriors later on tonight. Coverage begins, what, uh, 6.30, I believe, tonight? 7 o'clock, that tip. Back-to-back, the second of a back-to-back for Golden State, a winner in Philadelphia last night. In fact, that's where Buddy Heels is going, to Philadelphia. Pacers in a uh, barrage of deals today, 3-0. and all. Uh, They return right now, at least player-wise, Two former Pacers, Doug McDermott and Corey Joseph. Back into that. Dustin DePurak, top of the hour, 239-1070 right now. Dennis is up next with his thoughts. Hello, Dennis. Hello, Dennis. My name is John. Would you like to join the show, Dennis? Dennis is quiet. Sandy's at 239-1070 now. Sandy, can you be a little bit more active here when you call? Hi, J&B. How are you? Hi, Sandy. I'm great. How are you? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. Um, I just wanted to say that I kind of feel like the last caller. I'm like, uh, since we're recycling uh, Pacers, old Pacers, I'm like, uh, we need to go get Lance Stevenson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you think that? You think that or he does? Yeah. I, yeah, I would love, he was yeah, doing cartwheels over over that theory, and I probably I probably would not. Like, I'm not the biggest fan in the world, and people have noticed of trading Buddy. I, but I understand that my argument my argument is going to get torn apart right here. So it's it's a losing battle for me. But I can't sit here and say I'm I, you know completely happy about it if I'm not completely happy about it. So well, that is uh, the nature of the game. Well, the only reason why I'm saying that, because as you know, like you say, Buddy's uh, contract was expiring, so you know we kind of were victims of that. But but instead of Corey Joseph and Doug McDermott, heck, I'm like, let's get Lance. Lance is exciting. He's good, and I mean, we 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 Pacer fans love him. We don't Sandy, love Doug thank McDermott. you. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 listen, Sandy, thank you very much. See, I, this is what I want, and I, I love Sandy, and that's great. And believe me, I love Lance, but I want. This product, not to be a sideshow, I want it to be legitimate about winning. That's what I want this to be. I mean, if, if you needed a sideshow, then hire Red Panda at the half and we'll all be thrilled with that and leave in the third quarter. I, I am not, because I know my argument is a loss. Like, I'm not devastated by this. I just take Buddy Heald at a much higher value than a lot of dipsticks out there. I understand the shortcomings, too. But when I have to see, well, this is how they they win or lose with him, and when he shoots this much or plays this much, or, I realize he can't play D, but there's not anybody on this team that really plays that great at D. Again, I realize the failure in my stance. I'm not devastated by it. I'm not angry by it. And I knew, I guess, at least people felt it was coming. There are a lot of people that are fibbing about this. There's a lot of people thought they were going to go ahead and stand on it. But I do want to give you 
my side of things while also listening to you. But moving forward, this doesn't need to be a sideshow. I'm just ready to get to the consistent winning. And the winning as of right now, hopefully not. Hopefully it's not going to be compromised. I just think he's a much bigger piece to take out of all this than a lot of you would happen to think. Dustin DePurak, top of the hour, the star whiskey business, Southside. Hey, I'm looking for you right here. Michelob Ultra Havis. We got uh, NBA Jam and more great food. Derek's here as well. 93.5107 by the fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. If peeing your pants is cool, consider me Miles Davis. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right, so you're getting off work, right? And... Maybe watch a little bit of hoop tonight with Golden State and the Pacers. Off of 65, really easy to get to. Southport Road exit. Go east. Uh, what is it? Maybe a light or two right here. Hang a left if you're going east. Just go right on in here at Whiskey Business. We've got NBA Jam, Michelob Ultra. Your chance to be the uh, high score to advance to the finals coming up next week downtown at Brothers. And you win these shoes right here if you're watching via the AAA Membership Lounge YouTube Live. Again, here until 6. I want to see everybody down here as well. Big news today was that Buddy Hill traded to Philly and not necessarily a part of that deal at all. Just bits and pieces. And the Pacers did get some veteran presence. Guys that you've heard of around here before. Doug McDermott from San Antonio and Corey Joseph, ironically enough, will change locker rooms from Golden State to the Pacers, I'm assuming, coming up later on tonight. We'll get into that. And Dustin DePurak in just a second. Dustin, hang on from the Indy Star. But Justin is here. Justin has been kind enough to bring me these gifts Tell the folks what we got right here. So we've got uh, 7-Up bottles. From yes. 1979. I love it. And it's Indiana State. Uh, the front of it is commemorating their run to the NCAA championship game. Right. And on the back of it, it's got the schedule with the scores oh, yeah. and the rundown of that season. That's beautiful right here. And I remember these 7-Up bottles well. 7-Up salutes Indiana State University. And thanks for thinking of me right there, too, especially during this glorious season that the trees are having right now. Yeah, so I hear you talking every day about this great season they're having. Love them. My buddy called me, uh, or actually texted me. He was cleaning out his barn and sent me some pictures of some stuff. I'm a bit of a picker myself. Cool. Do you uh, have any old Playboys or anything in that barn? That's why I used to keep my Playboys. (laughs) Yeah, he does. He's got totes and totes of them. (laughs) Right up your alley. I love it. Yeah. Love it. And uh, and I was just, he sent me those pictures, and I saw them, and I was just like, I know exactly who needs this. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Justin, thank you. Justin, where do you work? Uh, I work for the Window Valet. We do uh, window treatments. So awesome! Shout out! Shout out to the Window Valet. So the if you're window in, valet over if, at you, my house. if you're in need of any window treatments, give us I, a call. Uh, Just call Justin. I need it. Call Justin. Hey, there's there's one for me right there for you, Justin. Thank appreciate you. you. You got it, Justin, with these Seven Up bottles. I really do appreciate that. From 1979 in Indiana State. All right, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate that. Dustin DePurak of the Star, who joins us. Busy day for you, I'm assuming, right? 
Oh, yeah. Big time. <laughs> I mean, it went, it went really quiet for a while, and I thought maybe that was all it was going to be, uh, was just Buddy getting moved. But obviously it's been a flurry, uh, at least a couple of those deals that I'm getting McDermott uh, and Joseph in really the last, I don't know, what, 10 or 15 minutes uh, right before deadline, probably 10. Um, so, yeah, and it ended up getting a, a, a little busy, and it only gets busier tonight because obviously – game plus Trace Jackson Davis is in town so it's going to be it's it's yeah all day deal today I know a lot of hosts would say well if you were listening earlier I'm not going to frame it up like that because if you say no I'll get pissy so I said (laughs) this earlier Dustin I said I have a variety of arguments that will beat me down for trading Buddy Heald in the fashion in which they did today You know, from thinking about the future, certainly an extension that's going to be coming up with Siakam um, to making sure you get something. And I make fun of draft capital all the time. I realize that it's played a role, certainly in that Siakam deal. It has. Um, I'm not minimizing that whatsoever. But I stated my case. This is what you do miss. And I, I do have a concern that this offense, with moving him out of there, even if he's going through a slump right now, I think you have to hit your marks offensively. I just don't think you're ever going to raise the game defensively enough not to have a certain amount of offensive output night in and night out. That's one thing I look at. I didn't even bring up his relationship with Halliburton, which I probably should. I just think, even going through a slump, Buddy Heald, and even being benched, Buddy Heald was a lot more valuable on the floor in terms of what this team did offensively as somebody you had to tag, you had to take, keep track of, you had to prepare for. I think that value is something that is going to be lost in this deal, and I don't know where you're going to make that up. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it will easily be made up, but that's the thing that discourages me out of this. Yeah, no, 100% agree. I mean, I think obviously getting McDermott helps a little uh, of that, but it was just interesting to kind of look at the numbers. Uh, you know, obviously we spent all this season talking about, oh, Buddy's in a slump, Buddy's in a slump. I mean, Buddy's still 14th. Uh, in total three-pointers made. Um, you know, I mean, 38.4 is not a great number, and he's obviously had some particularly rough nights. Um, but 38.4 is not terrible, um, especially for somebody who's as high volume as Buddy is. Uh, and the gravity is very real. I mean, you can still watch, you know, games in, in certain circumstances, especially, you know, when, when he's on the floor with Halliburton, where, where Halliburton is getting a clean lane because Buddy, he'll, the guy's not leaving him. Uh, you know, if they're kind of, you know, facing a set defense, they're running, you know, high pick and roll with, with Turner um, and, you know, Turner and, and and Halliburton are coming down the lane. Buddy Hill's not guys not going in there to clog things up and add another body in there. Um, Buddy Hill's guys sticking with him, even though Buddy's not making he's not making you pay as many times as he has in the past for leaving him open. Um, they're still not doing it. They're still not giving that away. They're still not presuming uh, that they can leave him and get away with it. So the gravity is very real, and, and I think again you sort of miss just how prolific this guy is. Uh, I mean, we're talking about somebody who's top twenty-five all time and makes. Um, you know, again, got all kinds of flaws, obviously not the greatest defender, you know, only gives you so much, you know, offensively outside of the three-point shooting. But, I mean, you know, the three-point numbers are really real. And, like, McDermott's shooting a high percentage, but, like, Buddy's made twice as many this year, you know. And, and, and for his career, as much as you think of McDermott as a pretty, you know, uh, accurate three-point shooting guy, Buddy's made double what McDermott has in his career, like right around double. Uh, and they're about the same age. So, you know, that gives you a sense of what we're talking about in terms of difference there uh, in volume. And, and again, gravity matters. And I mean, Buddy, you know, like the, the fact that like Buddy can run all day, man. I mean, like, you know, they're, again, there are better defenders and there, there are things, ways in which that endurance doesn't pay off the way it should. But Buddy can run around all day and get open. Like he has 
just the amount of energy he has is just unmatched. You know, he, he has absurd amount of, you know, endurance and everything. So it's going to cost you. I mean, there is, there is something that's being lost here. And like, like you said, I understand, you know, the uh, expiring contract piece of it. I mean, and frankly, I thought for the weeks leading up and before the Siakam deal, it's like, okay, well, you have to include Buddy if you're going to make a big deal. If you're going to go after Siakam, you know, you're probably going to have to move him. And so like, he's got to be a part of something. And the fact that he wasn't a part of that deal and you still had him, um, you know, that made this, this a, a little bit of a surprise. And again, you, you end up kind of scrambling to pick things up. But I think they, they got two second-round picks in the 76ers deal and end up moving two of them. Uh, you know, the, the other guys that they got are on expiring. Everybody they have is on expiring contracts. Everybody they got, you know, McDermott, Korkmaz, uh, uh, and, and, you know, Joseph are all at the end of their contracts. So you might end up letting all three of them walk. And what you end up out of that is, I think, a one, you know, second-round pick. And that's what you're actually <laughs> left with out of this. You ended up with a lot of, you know, you're going to have cap room to move on and everything like that. Maybe you want to resign one of those guys and you can do it for cheaper than you would with Buddy. Um, but, you know, there's a good chance that you just straight lose, uh, you know, something significant in this deal, and then that's what you end up with. You know, again, I get the idea once you've already moved a first-round pick, you know, you might want just something to make sure you're, you're keeping some youth rolling through there. But, I mean, you're having a hard time playing the rookies that you have, um, including your lottery pick. So, you know, I just I, – I, I get – at least, at least where it came from, but I mean, I, I think I mean it was just funny to me that Halliburton and, and McConnell the last two days were making this case and, and really kind of relishing the opportunity to tell us how good Buddy Heald is and how much he matters. And then you know their franchise makes this deal today. Uh, I thought that was that that was very interesting and telling. I think how how much he still mattered in that locker room, not just to Tyrese as close as they are, but to the whole team. Ted Dustin and Purak of the stars of the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Uh, you have just unearthed a, I mean, a ton of stuff for me to get to with what you just said. <laughs> One occurred to me a little bit earlier. Um, do you think that there may have been a situation to where they weren't going to move him, and then because of what happened to Embiid and because of the disastrous offensive mess at times Philly has looked like since that that popped up? and they went for that, or do you think that this thing has been in the works the entire time? And as you mentioned, that's why Tyrese Halliburton, that's why T.J. McConnell kind of came to his defense and said he's a valued member of this team both on and off the court. And, you know, paraphrasing here, we need him here. How do you think that situation with Philly went down, and and how do you think that happened in the past couple of days especially? I mean, I'm sure that Philly was more motivated. I don't think there's any doubt about that. You started to see this pick up, uh, you know, over really the last three days. It's sort of breaking through on the, you know, the guys that, that are sort of really more connected when it comes to these rumors. You know, you started to see them surface really the last week, um, you know, since Embiid was hurt. And so you say, okay, like there's got to be something and somebody that opens the world up for Tyrese Maxey because if he has to take all of this on himself, as young of a player as he is, his life gets a whole lot harder than it was. Um, you know, even just a few days ago. And so um, that's, I think, significant here. Okay. I just found, I just found out we're getting Chad Buchanan today, and it's postgame. Um, so that changes my what? my schedule a little bit. Yeah, so that just came through. Um, anyway. the, the po- the po- okay, so after the game, you're getting Buchanan? After the game, we're well, getting Buchanan. So hey, let's, this, both that, text him right, let's both text him right now and say, uh, no, you get your ass on here right now. <laughs> well, we do that. I'm gonna have to hustle. I'm gonna have to have to if he's doing a pregame. But no, um, uh, shoot, where was I? What was the question again? <laughs> I just changed my mind. I, oh, well, no, no, no. I was gonna, I was gonna ask yeah, if, no, sure. if maybe, maybe they had felt that they were okay and mm-hmm. not moving away 
from Buddy. And, and, you know, even if you're going to lose what you're going to lose, because essentially right now, as you mentioned, you know, it's Buddy healed for a second rounder. That, that's what it is. So if they're okay with staying with him and then losing him as they would um, and having him a part of this team right now, or if maybe that changed um, with, with Philadelphia's situation needing more offense and, and that offer, do you think any of that changed with Philadelphia's situation at all? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Philly, like, obviously Philly was more motivated. You know, again, I, I, I didn't say that already. Just, they were more motivated because they had to get somebody, uh, you know, if they were losing Maxi or not losing Maxi, they're going to be without Embiid for a while. They, they need something uh, to create some gravity that takes things away from, from, from Ty, you know, Tyrese Maxi that makes his life a little, a little bit easier. And so I get, I, I guess in that case, what kind of surprises me is like, that's all you guys can get when they're desperate. You know, and, and like, I don't think there's any obvious thing. I don't think you look at that roster and say, okay, well, they should have gotten this or they should have gotten that, um, you know, because, it, it, again, so much of their talent is tied up in those two guys. I mean, I don't know if, you know, I mean, you do still have, like, uh, yeah, you know, Melton and those guys. I'm not even sure what everybody's situation is because I know Melton was out the last time. Um, you just think you could have gotten a better bit piece, you know, or, or something more than what they got. The second-round picks obviously are helpful and everything. Um, but, I don't know, you, you would have thought you could have put the screws to them a little bit if they were in a desperate situation of really needing to get some offensive talent. And again, this is a team that's right above you in the standings. Like Philly's falling because they've been without Embiid. Um, and, you know, they're, you know, right above you. So I, mean, I would I would have set a high bar there to say, like, you need this guy? Okay. You know, like, what do you give me? I'm not giving him to you for free. Um, at least that would have been my approach. I, again, I get the idea of feeling like you've got to get rid of this thing because otherwise you're getting nothing for it. But, you know, even if you kept him till the end, you get however many three-pointers he's going to hit from you between now and April, and that might matter, you know. Uh, and so, like, even if you get nothing after this season, even if you just keep him all the way through, you know, I just kind of feel like there could be a playoff scenario where you find yourself in a position to say, man, I wish I had Buddy Hill to take this shot. You know, uh, and so to be interested to see how that goes, you know, long term. But I imagine, I'm sure that's why Philly was more motivated because they're, they're without Embiid. Uh, certainly, I mean, obviously we asked questions. I know James Boyd was, you know, asked the question of Tyrese about Buddy. Um, and, you know, Tyrese wasn't necessarily angling for it. But when, when James asked, he's like, you know, I'm really glad you asked that question because I, I think he just, it, it served as, and gave him an opportunity to do it uh you know tj the same but i mean i was struck by the passion I and mean, they didn't bring it to us to be like hey we want to use you guys to make a case for buddy uh, but when they were asked questions it was just like let me tell you everything you guys need to know about this because i think they certainly at least have a sense among the fan base that sometimes you know he gets uh you know a, a, a certain amount of grief when he misses shots and they want to be like look like yeah he misses he's missing more shots now than he used to but you got to realize how important he still is you know how much how the value of gravity like you you know if you're not on the floor and you're not seeing how the pieces move you might not realize how much it still matters that that even if buddy missed his last five he's hit 1800 in his career and guess what that means you got to defend him and you know you're you you can't help off me if i'm going to the lane um so i think that was part of it i mean they probably had some sense um you know i know tyrese is particularly the type of guy who you know keeps tabs on the rumors and everything like that so i imagine he had some underlying idea that something could happen and you know probably wanted to get uh make as you know it when given the opportunity i don't think he was going to force it in and and make it obvious but uh you know when given the opportunity he jumped on it so uh, dustin depurak of the star covers the pacers pacers golden state by the way later on tonight we'll get to a little bit of that in a second he's on the andy moore automotive group hotline all right so in addressing the longer term future i mean in, in various facets of the longer term future that the Pacers make themselves worse today with these barrage of deals. 
Not dramatically, but I think they did. I mean, I, you know, I, like I said, I think you know, I, it's certainly possible that maybe they try to keep McDermott for next year, and, and maybe that's when they feel like is a better option and a cheaper, you know, cost-effective option. They could keep a shooter like that, and they would not be able to keep Heald because, you know, Heald would cost you, if you were going to give him a raise, you're going to have to pay him more than $20 million, and that ends up taking away from, you know, or not taking away. I mean, you're just operating tighter for what Halliburton and uh, you know Siakam are going to. Obviously, Halliburton's going to have his kick in, and then you know you're obviously going to have uh, you know if you're going to try to keep you're going to try to keep Siakam, so you're probably going to have to pay him somewhere in the 37 million dollar range, which is what he's making right now. Um, so maybe you look think, okay, I can take I, this gets me retirement back. Maybe I have a chance of re-signing him, where I don't feel like I've got a real chance of, of re-signing Heald. So maybe you don't end up that much worse. But, you know, again, I think you're just losing a really prolific guy that can still do it. You know, that that's, you know, again, maybe maybe he's not going to have another year like he had last year when he hits 288 threes at a 42.5% clip, which is crazy. Um, and, you know, maybe you're not getting that, but I, mean, I think you just you, you have lost somebody that has a chance of really going off from time to time. And, you know, that just can be a weapon and it matters to, you know, what is, you know, statistically the best offense in the NBA. Um, so, I, you know, will they be as good as far as putting the ball in the bucket without him? You know, I kind of think they won't be. And um, I don't know if the other pieces that they got make up for what all you're going to lose there. And I don't know what you get in the future necessarily makes that up. Maybe a couple years from now, you know, they get a, we find out that the 36th or 7th or 38th pick or whatever they're going to get, uh, you know, in the second round is going to make a difference. But I'd be, I'd be surprised, uh, you know, if, if that ends up being more than what you would get out of another couple months of Buddy Heald. It's uh, Dustin DePurak of the Star. He's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. How do you think you mentioned earlier both Halliburton and McConnell uh, speaking out about Buddy and his importance to this team? How do you think Halliburton, for example, felt about this or feels about this right now? You know, it's a great question. I mean, I think obviously Tyrese understands that this is a business, um, you know, at the end of the day. And and it's not the first time that he's had a friend traded. Um, you know, like, I mean, they were like him and O'Shea Brissett are really tight. You know, those guys are really close. And, you know, it's not like I, – I, obviously we talked this up and certainly we, we've seen those two. They've got their just, you know, just funny, odd couple, uh, you know, thing together and they played together in Sacramento. So they've been together this long. Um, you know, but Buddy – but Tyrese obviously has a sense. Of, I mean, he is, you know, basically constantly being talked with, um, you know, by the front office, by the coaching staff, you know, that kind of thing. And, and certainly if they were to say, look, like this is why we think we have to do this, you know, like you might not agree with it, but at the end of the day, you, you, you got to roll with it. Um, and so I'm sure Tyrese would kind of have an understanding of what, uh, of why and how and everything. And he'll be, you know, he's not going to like, you know, openly rebel or anything like that. But I mean, I imagine he made, you know, the most passionate case he could to keep him, you know, certainly did understand though, that, you know, I, I imagine they had enough conversations over the summer when it came to contracts and everything. And he probably had a sense that, he, you know, he couldn't tell them, yeah, buddy will sign for this. And if you, you know, you can get him for 15 million or anything like that. Um, so, I mean, he obviously has an understanding that it's probably better for buddy too. Um, at the end of the day, I mean, for as much as it's a, it's a rough loss for them and buddy, he was going to be, uh, put into a circumstance where he's probably going to be, you know, get a lot of opportunity on a team that's probably still going to be a playoff team. So he'll probably finally get, uh, you know, break in there for the first time. Like it's not a bad deal for Buddy, and I think Halliburton has a good sense of that. But he's going to miss him. I mean, I think, and and I think you've just generally seen that he has more space to operate when Buddy's on the floor. Uh, you know, he's just a more effective offensive player. Again, having Siakam helps. Having a guy out there, he certainly Siakam has his own gravity, um, and that changes things around um, as well. And 
so it certainly is probably going to lead long term to fewer shots for Buddy. But um, that is, I, I think, it is still a loss. And I think, I mean, at the end of the day, is he happy about it? I'm sure he isn't. You know, but is he going to be a professional about it? And has he probably already been a professional about it in talks with the front office? You know, I would presume yes. So Dustin DePurek is with us. Now, a lot of people, and I'm sure you've heard this too, will say, hey, this was a good deal because now it opens up more minutes for Matherin or you need to open up more minutes for Walker. Two things I have. I think that the coach will realize when, when Matherin needs to be played and he will get more minutes when that dictates that level of play. And I don't think it matters if Buddy is here or not. And so many people out there think it's so important to see Walker. I don't. I think if he's good enough to be a part of the rotation, hell yeah. But if he isn't, then that's okay too. These are two things. You agree with both of these fan thoughts as far as starting with that playing time that that people suggest Buddy was taken away from Matherin? I just thought that Rick would go with the best guy anyway. So how does that matter? Yeah, no, I mean, and not only that, Rick doesn't have a problem playing them together. Uh, I mean, I think, you know, now it's it's a very interesting time to talk about, okay, well, who's taking away from who? Because Rick is very, really since, you know, Carlisle got a hold of, you know, Pascal Siakam, there's, he's done a lot of really experimentation and saying like, okay, like I can put together combinations like Siakam just allows you to put together combinations that you couldn't otherwise, because I mean, like he's, he's a six, eight power forward, but like, you know, he can bring the ball up. He, I mean, like he can be your primary guy. He can function as a point guard. He can be your three, he can be your four, he could be your five, you know, like it allows you to kind of move so many other pieces around because he gives you so many things. And it was just like, okay, you know, you can kind of restart and reconsider where everybody fits here. You know, I mean, like Jairus Walker, you know, got some minutes at the three uh, because of that. Obviously he was drafted as a power forward and that seemed to be the sense where everything was going, but it was like, you know, you can play Walker at the three because he can handle too. Like he can, and he can, you know, play above the break, you know, bring the ball up. He's got some point guard, you know, background, having played a little bit of it in high school back at IMG. And you're like, okay, well, maybe you can get him on the floor this way. You can make get that guy on the floor that way. Um, and so he's played around with combinations. And, like, I mean, I'm sure it, it, in some way in the aggregate that there are, you know, because Buddy Hield gets minutes, that means Benedict Mather and gets fewer minutes. But it's not like you can't play them together. It's not like they can't be on the floor at the same time and they're entirely too redundant. You know, you can have two wings like that on the floor at the same time. Um, you know, I, I think – you know, and Walker in particular, I mean, I, I think they certainly do need to give him a chance. You know, they, they certainly you know need to, you know, long-term sort of figure out, okay, like you, you did use a top 10 pick on this guy and there's a lot of things they like. And they obviously decided, I mean, it seemed like there was, you know, some reporting out there saying that like the Raptors wanted Jairus Walker in the Siakam deal and the Pacers weren't willing to give him up. So there's certainly stuff they like about him. Um, and, you know, it, it, like he, there has to be, you know, on floor basketball playing time for him. Maybe if it's not this year, you know, next year, like there's got to be a plan for him to be a part of it. And Rick Carlisle so much has said that. Um, but I don't know that, again, the, the next couple of months of field, even if you, if, if you were going to lose him, um, I don't think that, I mean, you still got to be looking at this team and saying this team's got to win enough to get in the playoffs. 
you know, this isn't about, uh, you know, the development matters for this group. It's, it's, it's not, it's a non-zero factor, um, but it's less important than winning. And that's the point that the point he's been trying to make is like, you got to earn your way on the floor. Um, so you can't be looking at this and thinking, well, this guy is still produces too much for you to get you minutes for your rookie. It's like, now you're, you, you, if you want to be a playoff team and there are big games you have to win and, you know, there are big shots that you're going to need, um, then you can't get away, the, give away the guy that can hit those, you know, on the, on the chance that it gives you a better opportunity for your rookie to grow. Like you have to presume you're, you're you know, you're, you're trying to get growth out of a playoff experience, you know, with this group. And so I, I don't, that, that doesn't move the needle much for me. I, I do think the, the underlying message of, you know, you have to move Walker along somehow is important, but that's, I think why they have, and it's obviously been important that he's been amenable to this, you know, but got him so many G league minutes. It's just to make sure he's getting basketball time. Uh, even if it's not in the pace of uniform. Justin DePurek of the star. Um, I don't know if you want to offer this up, but it just kind of sounds like you agree with me regarding Heald and this trade. Do you? As far as yeah, not the yeah, biggest big, fan big in the picture, world with yeah. it like big me? Picture, yeah. Yeah, I mean, big yeah. picture, yeah. I mean, I think it just, uh, you know, like I, I, I know what you're moving in and I know what you're moving out, you know, but at, at yeah. the end of the day, I just kind of think that, you know, I, I just think he had, you know, I was thinking going in, you know, you, you better get something here because there's real value. You know, if you're going to move him and you feel like, okay, you know, um, that, you know, that, that, that you're not going to be able to resign him. If you're, even if you make the decision, there's got to be something you can point to and say, this is how you're better. You know, this is how you're a better team. And I just don't think there's enough there. I, I, I think the, again, the, the moves they made at the end of the day, you know, made them not as much worse. Um, as they were in the initial moments after they made the deal, or the, the hours after they made the deal. So, again, I think they're better – once they made the first deal, they're better having Doug McDermott – better off going to get Doug McDermott than if they had not. I mean, I think that gets them closer to being on a level today. Um, so that, that is important, so I guess I'll give credit for that. And it's certainly better at the end of the day for having got Pascal Siakam. I mean, the, the overall balance of the trade deadline is they're a better team than they were you know, before they made that deal still. Um, but, it, but just focusing on today, I just, I, I don't think they're better off without Buddy Heald. Hey, uh, Dustin, when you get a moment, look this up and maybe I'm just completely wrong, but it always felt to me like Doug McDermott struggled shooting in the field house. It always seemed up. like that to me. <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. Look, look that up. And then mm-hmm. and send me an X or something, a message about that, and let me know. Because it always kind of sure. felt – anybody else out there feel the same as I – it just always felt like that he struggled shooting in the field house. I could be completely wrong by that. But that's, that's how I remember it. So there should be some home – uh, yeah, there should be some home stats from the three years he was in it with the Pacers. So I'll check those out. All right. And uh, we're expecting Steph Curry tonight, right? As far as I know, I haven't heard anything to the contrary. And uh, Trace Jackson Davis didn't didn't get much last night. He's been pretty far out of the rotation, so I don't know what we expect because there's going to be like half of Johnson County is going to be locked in there coming up tonight. So <laughs> I imagine it will. Yeah, no, I, I presume so. Just but uh, you know the Dr- Draymond coming back makes it tougher, but he obviously made the most of those minutes when he had the opportunity. So you have to think he's put himself in good position long term. Uh, you know, with yeah. them in terms of what he was able to do in, in that scenario, and not only you know certainly for them, but also if, if anybody else in the in the you know mid to near you know, distant future uh, is going to, you know, certainly see what he was able to, to produce in those minutes and, and certainly show that he belongs in the league. Pleasure, man. As always, I appreciate you hopping on here with all the information, Dustin. Thank you. 
Thanks for having me. So Dustin DePurek of the Star. Uh, in case you missed it, Buddy Heald to Philadelphia. Three second rounders. I think both or two of the three have been traded now or have been utilized. So basically it's Buddy Heald for a second rounder. And then Doug McDermott for um, San Antonio here and Corey Joseph from Golden State here. And both have expiring contracts. So there's going to be no Buddy Heald, no Corey Joseph, no Doug McDermott. And uh, a second-round pick is what you're going to get for that right there. Get your thoughts on the other side at 239-1070. Tucker Barnhart's going to join me on the road, I believe, to Arizona. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Coming up here in a couple of minutes, too. Again, Whiskey Business Southside, NBA Jams being played for the shoes and a chance to play in the finals next week at Brothers Downtown. Whiskey Business, Michelob Ultra, Southside, Southport Road, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Dude, most metal ever! 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back. Whiskey Business Southside. Shout out to Nicole right here who's celebrating her birthday. She's 21 and smoke. Smoke show, Harley D. Smoke show. Happy birthday, Nicole. Uh, we've got NBA Jam. We've got Michelob Ultra working here, too. You guys are playing that to see who's going to get the high score. And if you're watching via the AAA Membership Lounge YouTube Live, you could win these shoes right here. Buddy Heald traded to the Sixers. McDermott coming back from the Spurs. Corey Joseph coming back from Golden State. Golden State and the Pacers tonight. Trace Jackson Davis, uh, not much clock last night to speak of. Like, like 13th dude off the bench. Come on, Kerr. Got half of Johnson County coming downtown tonight, so make sure you get him some playing time this evening. 6.30 pregame show, 7 o'clock is that tip time later on tonight. Mike Chappell got the honors of the NFL tonight in Vegas. We'll find out uh, regarding membership if both Dwight Freeney and Reggie Wayne or at least one of them get in later on tonight, Mike. Coming up at the 5 o'clock hour, too. And more on the Pacer deal in just a second. Meantime, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, our next guest is going to be a member of the Arizona Diamondbacks. He is a friend of the show. And this is a little bit away from baseball for Tucker Barnhart right now. What do you think about Buddy Heald and that trade? Are you excited? Uh, well, you know, I, I wasn't expect, expecting that, so I appreciate it. Uh, I think, I mean, I think they made the, I think they made the deal – I mean, they made the deal that they had to make. I think. I mean, a guy that a guy that was on an expiring deal that you really don't know what the future holds. I mean, I, I like that they got Doug McDermott back in terms of uh, the the three point shooting and everything that you lost in Buddy. I think you gained it back in Doug. Um, I just hope it doesn't disrupt chemistry. I mean, I've been in situations where guys get traded at deadlines that it, it takes a second for the for the clubhouse or for the locker room to to kind of get back together. You feel like you kind of lost one of the guys that, that you've kind of gotten to the place that you're at 
uh, with. And so it makes it a little interesting, uh, but it seems like they got a great group of guys. So I, I hope, uh, like I said, I hope it doesn't affect them uh, that much. So Tucker Barnhart with us. Are you on the road right now? Uh, tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning I'm hopping in my truck and I'm headed west. Oklahoma City tomorrow night um, and then Albuquerque on Saturday night and might uh, catch Great White and uh, Slaughter. They play at some casino down there, so I might have to check that out for something to do. Up all <laughs> night, sleep all day. Wow, well, you're like, and, uh, you're like, like my Thelma. Six-year-old friends. <laughs> you're like uh, Thelma and Louise without one another. You're like Thelma or Louise. I don't know which one you would be. That's like you right here. I don't know. I don't know who I would be, but it sounds like I am. So I, I, uh, I'm going to enjoy the drive. It's uh, as I've gotten older, drive, I like I like to drive out there. It's uh, it's long, but it's fun. Do you sing? At the top of my lungs. I love At it. At the top of my Me lungs. Me too. Me too. You know, never in their life has anybody sounded more like Eddie Vedder of Pearl Jam when singing in their vehicle than I do. You know what I mean? You know, I sound exactly I, like Vetter. I, I completely agree. And there's nobody that's covered Journey, Bon Jovi, Great White, <laughs> Winger, better than I have when I'm alone in my car. I promise you that I sound mm. just like all those guys. Just so clean. You hit all the right notes. I mean, it's just comfortable right there. It just all kind of happens in, in that right. Tucker Barnhart of the no Diamondbacks way. joins us. How did how, um, this whole Diamondback thing break down for you? Or how'd that happen? Uh, it just was um, kind of – it happened pretty fast. Um, it, coming off the year that I had last year, uh, in terms of everything that went on, um, I wouldn't say the market was bare, but it was just kind of um, uh, just deals or, or, or offers to, to basically come in and, and make their t- make teams. And um, it felt like to me that the Diamondbacks were the best fit of the group of teams that I had uh, talking to me or talking to my agent. Um, obviously a really good team playing in the world series last year. Um, it just, it, I'm looking forward to the opportunity. Um, Arizona is a great place to play. Um, like I said, a really good team and just hope to, uh, add to it. And uh, I'm just looking forward to, uh, go down playing baseball. So Tucker Barnhart is with us. Have they told you anything? What, what are the expectations? Are you going in just kind of just wanting to be you hanging with you a little bit? No doubt. Yeah, they want want me to be me. Uh, they want me to come in and catch and and take care of uh, pitching staff, help help those guys grow. Um, but at the end of the day, I have to make the team, and, and I'm looking forward to that. Um, I don't have te- a technical roster spot uh, as it stands yet, um, but I will. And uh, and everything that they've that they've told me, um, I talked to Tori Lavolo for probably an hour and a half on a Zoom call one day uh, when all this was transpiring, and uh, loved everything that he was about and that he talked about um and he um was very complimentary of me um and the way that i play and what he thought i could bring to their team so it's it's a good situation i'm really looking forward to getting back and playing with eugenio suarez um it, we played together <laughs> in cincinnati for a long time uh so I, i'm just excited to uh to be back in a comfortable situation uh with people that i know that that appreciate me as a player and i'm um, really looking forward to it well i mean given Given what transpired a year ago, there should be a pretty high level of excitement starting out here this year, right? 
Yeah, it seems like it. Um, I, I would, uh, I'd be shocked if there, if there wasn't everything that I've heard and guys that I've talked to are, are expecting that. And, uh, so I'm just, I'm looking forward to getting out West and, and, and getting playing, um, and just being myself and, uh, going out and, and, and showing them how much that I belong. And, uh, like, I'm just really, I'm thankful for it. Last year was a little bit of a, a stressful situation, uh, for, uh, the 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 reality or the the thought that it may I may be done in a way kind of thing at the big league level just because of like I said how everything went last year but uh, looking forward to getting back and uh, and playing ball and and playing back in the big leagues. Hey Tucker, were there moments after last year that you thought you would be done playing baseball? I mean, I, I, I'd be lying if I said no. Uh, I, I, I mean, I think the I've been very, very fortunate and lucky to to be in a certain situation for for a long time at the major league level for nine and a half years going going on ten years and you know the 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 realization of having to go back to the minor leagues just was was shell shocking in a way i guess um but I mean at the end of the day, I put myself in that position and um I went into this off season like really really confident and comfortable and getting back to me as a player had a lot of, uh, I guess the, the old adage, you had a lot of cooks in the kitchen in terms of what people thought I should do and what my swing Uh-oh. should look like and how I should catch. And, and I mean, at the end of the day, I think there's the, the human element in things as well is the thought of, well, I mean, what I've been doing isn't really working right now. So maybe I should change. And I, I just, for the last, I would say year and a half or so I've, I've been like that. I've, I've tinkered and tried, and and I just really needed like a, a Rocky Four type of an off season where it obviously <laughs> wasn't. It's not crazy, but it's just getting back to the the stuff that I used to do early on in my career. The thoughts and the and and the and the commitment to to certain things uh, in my game that that are really going to benefit me. You know, Tucker Barnhart joins us. I think most of us, much like what you just described, go through this. I mean, we have you know, a, a lengthy level of, um, for lack of a better description, a, a mind blanking. You know what I mean? I mean, that's okay. what happens. You get mind, you get mind blanked, and it seems like you're out there and you're trying to do yourself the best service possible. You're looking and and, and trying to find uh, and under every rock, every nook and cranny. And what you end up doing is yourself a complete disservice. Correct. Correct. It's counterproductive in a way. And like I said, I mean, you, you, you feel like you're spinning your tire. So it, it would be stupid not to tinker and try different things. And at the end of the day, you kind of lose what you've done well for the, for however long of time that you've been having success. And that's for me, it was instead of, instead of just going back to, the keys and things and principles that I've done for my, basically my whole life. Like I think not to get too far into the weeds, but like we've sw- like, I've swung a bat a certain way for basically my whole life. And I changed to go and try and fix something and makes it, makes it just complicates things over and over again and just gets into the weeds. And, and uh, like I said, though, I'm excited to put all that behind me and get back into a new opportunity and, and go play well. Do you have a moment of uh revitalization in the off season where you go, Hey, no you know what? This is me. No I want to get back into this. No doubt. I it just, I took a little bit of extra time, I guess, kind of 
in uh, before I started to to lift and hit and do all the those things not not because I didn't want to do it it more just like making sure I was doing it the way that I wanted to and the way that that I needed to um and then getting back and when you kind of see things happen for me specifically with my swing that I've been searching for for the last year plus and see it happen over and over again and be like man that looks like me in 17 when I had my best year in the big leagues it's like okay like I now we're in a good spot and it just like I said I've been spinning my tires for a little while but getting back to what I do well is is uh, is going to help me a lot so what do you have like George Costanza come down from the box to try to teach you how to hit <laughs> is that what's going on? Trying to teach you how to swing the bat again? I mean, you name it. You name it. There, anybody and everybody. Oh, man. Is that is that something that happens wherever? I mean, do people offer up advice to you, or do they, they hang away from that? I, I, I guess people around here wouldn't, but do you get that more times than not? I would say in the, in like in the, in the baseball setting, like at the, at the stadium or at the complex, things are talked about a lot. And I mean, if you're not steadfast in, in, in your thinking or you're not confident in what you're doing, it can, it can get off the rails. And I'm not the only guy that, that I've seen that it's happened to. I've seen it happen a ton. Um, But you know, you live and you learn. And like, like I said, I'm just, I'm in a, such a better headspace now um, than, than I, than I have been in quite some time that, that I'm really looking forward to just going out, being myself and, and just enjoying um, the the back half of my career, so it's it's going to be awesome. So you're going to hang out with Suarez, huh? Is he pretty cool to hang out with? Yeah, he's the best. I'm looking forward looking forward to seeing him. Uh, it's been a, it's been a little while. I saw him playing against him, obviously, last couple of years. But to be his teammate again is going to be uh, going to be cool. We've texted a bunch, and I'm looking forward to it. So Tucker Barnhart with us. Here's what you need to do: skip Slaughter and Great White in Albuquerque. Get to Phoenix and go to that waste management open thing. You get completely crap hammered there. I did that Sunday last year um, and then followed it up by walking back to my condo and watching the Super Bowl. <laughs> and I think my liver still hates me from doing that. So I'm going to I'm <laughs> glad that I'm missing out on that. Man, oh, man. Well, I've missed you a great deal. Um, and I, I know that you, you kind of detached yourself from uh, – from social platforms, and I don't blame you one bit. I think we all kind of need to cleanse ourselves at some point in time. I don't think there's any, any doubt about that. But you know that you still have a lot of friends and a lot of fans here that will always support you no matter what. And I know everybody where I am here at the fan will always back you up, and we always love hearing from you. So, man, stay in touch. Go out there and be you as best as you can. Enjoy that blank. And then – uh Stay in touch with us and hang out. I appreciate it. It's been too long. Uh, looking forward to uh, to seeing you soon. And um, I'm going to go kick some ass, and then we'll come back in the fall. Hopefully I got a ring, and then we'll, we'll get some beers, and I'll hopefully make some uh, football picks this fall. Then, uh, not to mention, you can bring uh, your, your old friend back here out there maybe for a weekend set or something like that in the summertime. Maybe a you week, are always set, welcome. You like just got to say the word. You just got to say the word. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll turn my liver loose out there in the <laughs> Phoenix metropolitan area. Perfect. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Drive safely. Will do. You guys are the best. I'll talk to you soon.
It's uh, Tucker Barnhart of the Arizona Diamondbacks on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. That was really good emotional inside stuff. It was. And you know what? We all go through that, man. Everybody's jacking with you. Everybody's messing with you. All go through it. Quick break and we shall return whiskey business. Michelob Ultra NBA Jam. You play it, you win. When the shoes, you get to the finals coming up next week downtown at Brothers. And more on Buddy Hill to Philly and Doug McDermott and Corey Joseph to Indy. Golden State, Pacers tonight as well. Love to see you down here. Whiskey, business, Southside, Southport Road, 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Smokey, this is not Nam. This is bowling. There are rules. Hey. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back. Whiskey business again. We got NBA Jam, Michelob Ultra here. We, um, we just talked to Tucker Barnhart, podcast 107.5thefan.com. All right, more on Buddy Heald to Philly and the deals. Doug McDermott coming here. There was also a deal for Corey Joseph. Corey Joseph, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, has been waived. So uh, no Corey Joseph. But Doug McDermott seems to be the lone active player as a part of this right now. But I did want to introduce um, Jerry came up and Jerry had mentioned that he's a big fan of the show. Former Boilermaker, 1974 NIT championship team from Greenwood, Indiana. Jerry Nichols of the Boilermakers with us. And let me say, you look like you could still play right now, Jerry. Thanks, John, but I'm not in as good a shape as what you, you think. You look like, <laughs> you look in a hell of a lot better shape than me, I'll be honest with you. So 1974, right. that was uh, Frank Kendrick was on that team. Frank Kendrick, Bruce Kyron Parkinson Porter. was on that team Bruce, too. Yep. Nice. John Garrett at center and David Luke as the guard. And then we had uh, Tom Scheffler coming off the bench at forward. Uh, Bruce Rose. Mike Steele, and um, just a really good team, man. We had a lot of good team chemistry and had a lot of good players. Well, it's it's interesting to note that back <laughs> then, an NIT title was a hell of a big deal. It's been completely it watered down now, but back then, that's a hell of a big deal. Yeah, it was. Uh, we, we were pretty good, and we had we had a situation where we, we had really good team chemistry, like sure. I said, and, and had a lot of good players that knew their roles and everything. We were ranked like eighth in the country, I think. And, uh, of course, back then, you had to win your championship to go to the NCAA, right, your, right. your conference championship. Yep. So there was only maybe 10 or 15 teams that were really powerful yep. teams that went to the NCAA. And uh, we had like seven of, of the top 12 teams in the NIT that year um, and went into Madison Square Garden. That's where it was held and uh, just played really well. Had everything going uh, for the championship, and at that time, I, you know, I think there were only one or two teams that probably could have beaten us, uh, you know, in the country, and that was probably UCLA. Yep. Are you going to Mackey Saturday? Yeah, nice. we've got season tickets. Nice. So, uh, we're we're looking forward to that, and uh, uh, you know, it, it's always a, a fun atmosphere when IU and Purdue play. So it's going to be a, a, a nightmare. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Jerry Nichols, right here of the Boilers in 1974. That's Thank us. You, John. You're a big time listener to the show too, right? Absolutely. All right, I like that. We're cheering that right there. Thank you, Jerry. It's great to meet you. That is awesome. That's okay. Indiana State bottle right there. 
Jerry Nichols, everybody, former Boilermaker. I bet Todd Meyer, James, back at the station, is excited about that conversation. Thank you, Jerry, for being a part and listening to the show. Hey, quick one, we'll come back. Mike Chappell regarding the possibility of Freeney and Wayne going into the Hall of Fame. NFL honors later on tonight. We got that. Alex Golden, I think, before the end of the show as well. Again, Buddy Heald traded. Corey Joseph and Doug McNurbin traded here, but Corey Joseph reportedly has been cut. All that and more coming up for you after 5. 93-5-107 the fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Are you kidding? 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Let me tell you how excited I am. Because, well... It's bad because we had such a fantastic listener in Maine. Now we have a fantastic listener here in Indy again. With all of you now, Matthew from Maine. In case you're not aware, Matthew's a fantastic listener to this station and to B105.7 during the JMV takeover. And Matthew from Maine has moved to Indy. And Matthew is here celebrating with us. And here is Whiskey Business on the south side. Southport Road is the location. I'm going to go out and hang out with Matthew and everybody here in just a second. But it's awesome to see Matthew, the uh, one of the new residents here in Indianapolis. Awesome to have Matthew here. Again, Whiskey Business, Southport Road, NBA Jam, Michelob Ultra. They're playing it. High score gets the shoes, as you can see, inside the AAA Membership Lounge on YouTube Live, and you advance to the finals coming up downtown at Brothers next Thursday. All happening here at Whiskey Business. All right, a big day, and uh, plenty of thoughts on Buddy Heel being traded to the Sixers, and this is how it started earlier today. Buddy Heel traded to the Sixers in return. It was uh, Kormatz and Morris coming from the Sixers. We're assuming that Kormatz is going to end up being released at some point, but uh, I'll get more in-depth with that in just a second. But Buddy Heald traded to the Sixers. Um, Also, three second-round selections involved there going to the Pacers, two of which now have been exhausted because the Pacers made another deal. They traded to one of those second-rounders and Marcus Morris to the San Antonio Spurs. In return, they get Doug McDermott. Um, As far as we know, Doug McDermott is going to be on the roster. I mentioned the first two will not be. All right, Cornmats could be on the roster, but just not sure. Uh, Marcus Morris obviously will not be. And then we learned that another second rounder goes to Golden State, whom they play tonight at Gambridge Fieldhouse for Corey Joseph. And again, both McDermott and Corey Joseph, former Pacers. It has been reported, though, since that Corey Joseph has been waived by the Pacers. So as it stands right now, Buddy Heald has been traded for a second rounder. And McDermott, Doug McDermott, is a part of it right now. And that's where it stands. Chad Buchanan and I have been trading texts with him. Uh, He's going to meet with the media, I think, after the game later on tonight, the Pacers general manager, to break this down. But a lot of thoughts on it. I'll get back with you coming up here in just a minute at 239-1070 inside the AAA Membership Lounge via YouTube Live. And Alex Golden 
will further some of this discussion coming up in a minute. But I wanted to make sure you're all updated, Colts fans everywhere, because tonight could be a big night. Reggie Wayne, Dwight Freeney, NFL honors. They will announce officially those going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And obviously, a big role in that is our next guest from CBS 4 and Fox 59, Mike Chappell, is with us. All right. I think you've known for a while, and good on you. You do not at all want to damage your reputation, and you want to maintain that voting opportunity you haven't told us. What time will we find out officially this evening, Mike? Probably around 10 or 10.15, roughly. I've always been PO'd the way they do it. It's part of that NFL honors with, you know, MVP and offensive player and all that, coach of the year. I've always thought that, you know, we're in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Put us at the start. We're crying out loud. It's, we're, we're kind of like eighth in line, which is BS. You know, it's way above my pay grade, but I thought they should lead off the darn show with the Hall of Fame because this is a forever thing, and I realize I'm not unbiased on that. But, yeah, it'll be about 10, 10, 10 15. So Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59 is on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Um, is there anything you can add or share at all without giving up what is going to be the final answer, at least for this year? Uh, I, first of all, I'll do my best not to lie to you, okay? Uh, okay. So if I, start, if I start sounding like a politician or a head coach, just smack me. I, I... I can't get specifics. I would say it would be worth tuning in, you know, stay up and, and tune in. I think there will be some interest. Let, let me put it that way. Well, heck, some interest tonight from Mike Chapel. Speaking maybe, of interest, maybe, that gets... Maybe, maybe you've got to prop that on MVP or Offensive Player of the Year or something, so maybe that's why you should stay in. I think it would be worth your while to... Stick with it for a while. Um, your argument has been for both. Maybe beyond what people really understand. Obviously, we live through it. We believe why both should be valued in that capacity inside the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But, but what has been your argument for both Reggie and Dwight Freeney regarding this? Well, with Reggie, it's been five years. He's been a finalist all five years of eligibility. It's just that he's the, – the overriding stat about Reggie Wayne is there are only two players in NFL history that rank top ten catches, receptions, regular season, and postseason. It's Reggie Wayne and Jerry Rice. I mean, that's a body of work. That's not like he had three great years. It's like that, that's a, a body of work that stands the test of time. Uh, and we, we put we, – we meaning the selectors put so much emphasis on playoffs. That's why Terrell Davis, by and large, is in the Hall of Fame. He had a very short career because of injuries, but boy, in the playoffs, he was really, really good and was the main reason that Denver has two Super Bowls. But you're supposed it's, – it's supposed to be judged on length of career, productivity, availability – and Reggie checks all the boxes, uh, won one Super Bowl, uh, went to two. So that's kind of in, he, he's in a group with Tory Holt and Andre Johnson to where all three are very, very 
similar as far as their resumes. You know, six or seven Pro Bowls, three or four All Pros. Uh, one, you know, Reggie and and Andre Johnson averaged twelve point four yards a catch, and Holt was thirteen two or thirteen three, whatever. And whenever we've had that position before, it's where there's really no no, no nothing dif- differentiating between these guys. Now, a couple of years ago, Calvin Johnson was first-time eligible, and he jumped the line because, you know, he's Calvin Johnson. But generally, when you have guys at receiver who are similar, you go by who's waited the longest. Torrey Holtz waited like 10 years, Reggie five, and Andre Johnson three. So that's that's kind of been my sticking point. With Freeney, I'm telling you, and I'm not name dropping, but to be in the room of the hall, there's 50, there's 50 of us uh, selectors, and to be to hear people talk about Dwight Freeney, his his reputation nationally is more is is better than it is in Indy, and it's pretty darn big in Indy. So you know he's he's only got 125 sacks. That's like 18th on the list, but his his profile nationally is much stronger. So you know, both will eventually get in. Uh, I, I I truly believe that with Reggie, he's getting tired of hearing. Well, if not this year, next year, if not next year, the next year. Edron James went through this. It took Edron six years to get in. So. I am confident beyond any confidence that Reggie and Freedy both will get in. The question is when. And then next year, and next year, Adam Vinatieri is eligible, a first-year guy. And to me, he's a guy. He's a no doubt first battle Hall of Famer. Uh, so it's just it's just hard to tell a guy to wait. I think John Lynch, you know, the the the, the great safety and GM of the Niners, he waited seven or eight years. So, and once you get in, you're in, and you're really, you're in. But, boy, to make a guy wait year after year after year, it, it's painful. It's frustrating for the player and his family. So, all I can say is, from knowing how the process works, and, yes, it's a flawed system. They're all flawed systems because they just are. I am 99.9% confident that Reggie and Freeney will both get in. The question is when. Mike Chappell of CBS4 and Fox 59 and mentioned earlier should be of interest tonight with NFL honors, certainly, um, as we approach the Super Bowl. And, of course, uh, for Colts fans, that interest coming up later on tonight. Mike's with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I I didn't want to ask you this away from the Hall of Fame possibilities that linger with Colts fans later on this evening. Uh, What are your thoughts on the, the most recent assistant coaching hires of Shane Steichen and company with the Colts. I like him. I, I was, I, I didn't understand getting rid of Nate Ollie, the defensive line coach. I, I don't know what was behind that. I mean, that defensive line, we probably talked about it. That defensive line, every one of those players, every one had the best year of their career. So I don't know if, if Gus and Steichen and Ballard, I, I don't know what went on. 
but uh, Charlie Partridge, the, the the new defensive line coach from Pitt, holy smokes, he's got a great, again, resume and profile. So uh, I, I'm I'm on board with that. It's kind of funny how every year that you watch Twitter or X, whatever it is now, all these changes are made on all these stats, and everybody's 100, 110% in favor. This is a great hire, great staff, blah, blah, blah. And then two years later, teams change their staffs. So, But I, I think there's every reason to be optimistic. I thought in most cases we saw improvement by a lot of the positions with the Colts this year. Receivers probably got better, I think. And again, didn't have a, a lot of depth to work with outside of Pittman and Pierce and, and Josh Downs. But offensive line got – you talked about – all, uh, position coaches. What about Tony Sperano, uh with the offensive line? I mean, that's, they were 100, 180 degrees better uh, from, from last year. So it, coaches, yes, coaches matter. Players matter, yes. Coaches matter as well. So I, I, I'm, I'm optimistic, but I can go back how many times we've had new coaches and everybody's really high that he's – this is a guy that's on detail and fundamental and blah, blah, blah. And then they replace them two years later. So, but initially, I, I like the moves. Mike Chappell of CBS Four and Fox Fifty Nine with us. Obviously, Super Bowl Sunday, and then after that, we'll mark um, our lead up uh, to what is going to be obviously March, and we'll talk about a lot of things, a lot of possibilities, and we'll find out come March. We will waste our breath with about ninety-five percent of what we discuss. Is there anything out there right now involving, you know, a possible free agent or a target that you think we could talk about right now and it will stand the test of time and be worthy of discussion coming up in March? Probably not, because if you look at the list of pending free agents, the top 15% probably won't even reach 20%, won't even reach the market. Players will be re-signed. Players will be tagged. You know, the Colts have got, uh, what, probably eight or nine really significant free agents, Pittman and Kenny Moore and Grover and on and on, Gardner Minshew. And, you know, maybe they re-sign six of those guys, five of those guys. So it's just uh, until teams do their own business, you don't know who's going to get out there. It's, it's really – shapes up as, as a strong year for free agent receivers. You know, Pittman, T. Higgins, and on and on. But most of Mike Evans, those guys probably won't be on the market. I, I just don't I, – I see very little chance of Michael Pittman getting to the market, whether it's a franchise tag or a long-term deal, hopefully a long-term deal. So it's just hard to say they really need, need to go after T. Higgins and let Pittman walk or Mike Evans and all this. But because that guy probably won't be available. So, no, I, and I'm sure there's those mid-tier guys that are going to be there, and I, I haven't gone that deep uh, because how, how often do the Colts go out there and get those guys, maybe two guys a year. So I, I, I don't get too involved. And also leading up to that, you know, in, in late February, early March, we got the combine here. So it'll be, you know, in about a month or so, six weeks, Indy's going to be the center of the NFL universe again, which is always kind of cool. No, I, I, I've talked about this 
I mean, hell, you remember you were around here at the time, the last time the All-Star Weekend was here in 1985. And, I mean, hell, Mike, that's when there was nowhere to go downtown. I mean, everybody had to be stuffed into Charlie and Barney's or, you know, McDonald's inside the Hyatt. There was no place to go. And that's been a long damn time right there. Next weekend is going to be awesome. I think it's cool. And that's, I'd love to see the Indy get another Super Bowl. I don't think it's ever going to happen. I just don't. But the way that the city pulled it off, Forget the weather. They got they just got dumb lucky with the with the weather that that week. Yeah. But for anybody who thought that the Indy couldn't pull that off, hasn't been paying attention. I, with Final Fours, with regionals, uh, what was it way back in the day? The, the Pan Am Games were here. Yep. There was something with there was something with Canada. I don't know. What, I can't remember what the name of it was. Uh, th- th- this city does big, really, really well. We've got. The movers and shakers and the people who run the city, you know, at high levels and the sports corp, these guys know what they're doing. And, and I think it's going to be cool. I remember, it's, it's funny, I remember, didn't Purdue last make the Final Four in 80? Is that right? I think. Yes, 1980. Four, I, yeah, it was the Market Square yeah. Arena. Purdue, yeah. Iowa, Louisville, and UCLA, was it not, in Final Four that year? I, we were watching the first game. I can't remember how it was, the first semifinal game. And and then they're getting ready for the second one. And the second one's UCLA. And all of a sudden, everything stopped from the crowd because the UCLA dance group, the girls were, were coming out with their blue and white and their pom-poms. What a show. Uh, but, but yeah, I'd love to see them. You know, we're we're going to get the final. I, I don't know what the rotation is in Final Four, but we'll have that in regionals. Super Bowl, it'd be great again. But I just think the way that Indy does big things, the swimming and diving and the gymnastics, and I just think it's top drawer. And like you said, the difference in, in downtown then and now is it's light years. And yeah. that's why yeah. for, for all the people who, who complain, and rightly so, about the public funding of pro sports, I understand that and they're right. How do you value what how downtown has grown because of the Colts and the NFL and, and the Pacers still being here and flourishing? It, you can't put a price on what that means to your city in in financial and quality of life. You just can't. No, you're right. So Mike Chapel with us. Before I let you go, we saw earlier this week, or I should say, we heard for the first time in a long time, about a month. From uh, Jim Irsay via social media and X. I think Stephen Holder, you may have had it as well, verified that as actually being Jim Irsay. And we were all feeling pretty down and was, was wondering what was going on and feared the worst. Where are you now after that, that X remark that was made a couple of days ago? Well, you had to feel better because we may have t- touched on it last week. When you don't hear any news for a long time, my mind sort of defaults to bad news is coming just because I, I just the way I'm wired. But I, I'm from what I got from that, obviously said he's on the mend. I'm anticipating a long road to recovery because he's been out of commission for what five or six weeks. So, but but I I, I, I have had nothing but good thoughts for him each night in my own little way. I say this to, for all whatever is on my mind. He's in there because 
uh, he, he's a close friend and what he means to the city and the team and his family. And I think it's a good sign. Uh, but knowing his history, he's he, it's probably going to be a long road back. But it just by all indications, he's on the road back. So good for him. Good for the family. I know how you know how tight the family with the with three daughters. I think it's ten grandkids now. For crying out loud! So good for him. Wishing nothing but the best, and I'll keep having good thoughts for him. So Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59 is on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Thank you for sharing. I've I've got a quick question for you. Yes. I don't understand NBA trades. What is this crap about you get a guy, and then you wave a guy? I understand sometimes you trade for a guy, then you trade. Why Why would the Pacer get a guy and then release him as opposed to the initial team releases. Well, what's up with that? Here's what's funny. I'm glad you mentioned that because <laughs> Chad Buchanan, the Pacers general manager, is going to meet with the media, I think, after tonight's Golden State Pacer game. And let me see what I sent him a little bit earlier. Um, we were kind of going back and forth as you and I were talking. And I said, hey, I need you on here right now because I need to know about all these goofy-ass rules and math and stuff. Right. Because there's a there's a ton of it, yeah. So basically, what we gather, Mike, is the Pacers they traded Buddy Heald for a second rounder. Now you have Doug McDermott coming in. That was one of the second rounders, one of the three you got from Philly. But McDermott's on an expiring deal. So when we see all of this cut and dry, I'm assuming after the season, it's going to be Buddy Heald for a second rounder. And that doesn't float anybody's boat, I don't suggest, whatsoever. You made that deal with Golden State for a second rounder for uh, Corey Joseph, and Corey Joseph has now been waived. And I'm assuming it's rules and it's finances, so, you know, you can take advantage of of different situations further down the road. And one of those would be how you're going to end up giving, you know, that amount of money to Pascal Siakam. I, I think a lot of this has to do with, you know, maintaining, you know, financial footing beneath the luxury tax and making yeah. sure that you get Siakam a part of that coming up after the season. That's that's my guess. But I, I've been going back and forth with Chad going, man, I need some help here because you get a lot of rules and math that nobody understands. Well, it, it's, and it starts with the draft where you draft the guy and he, then he puts on your hat, your hat and then 10 minutes later he's going to be somebody else's property, but you can't make the trade until – you know, two months later, I, it just makes my head hurt. They, they just make it easier for us idiots, would they please? Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. And I, I just – people are upset with me because they think that I'm too over the top and put more value on Buddy Heal than what he's worth here. And I just happen to think that people really undervalue his presence when knocking down shots – when missing shots, just his presence in general, I think is going to be drastically missed, regardless of the situation. So uh, we've been going back like and what, forth. It's been a hell of a day. It seems like what they're doing, they've got more of a long-term view. And I mean, I, I don't mean like three years. I'm talking playoff type yeah. thing. It's going to take these guys a while to kind of with Siakam to kind of get together. But they think by playoff time, they're going to be some team that you're not going to want to play. And they probably be right. 
to Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59 on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Always a pleasure, buddy. I appreciate that. And we'll make sure everybody is interested in watching later on tonight, NFL Honors. I'll have my stuff posted at 1010 on CBS 4 and Fox 59. So look it up. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate you. Next week. It sounds like Colts fans, this is going to be a reason for you to tune in later on tonight. Hey, by the way, brother of Jimmy Cook of Quarian Company, our friend Jimmy Cook, Bob, brother Bob is here. I think I like Bob a lot more than Jimmy. (laughs) Brother Bob, who is also a tremendous Kansas City Chiefs fan, uh, as you well know, was here. So the, uh, the Cook family representing at Whiskey Business on the south side. Southport Road is our location. Alice Golding is setting the pace. We're going to get into some of those rules and the finances and why all this ultimately makes sense in this trade deadline Thursday with the Pacers. Warriors and Pacers tonight, 6.30 pre-7p is the tip tonight. That means we do have some anything goes coming up in the 6 o'clock hour. So if you're wondering why you haven't been on, your opportunity is coming up in the 6 o'clock hour with some anything goes. Michelob Ultra, NBA Jam, Whiskey Business, our friends from Zinc all here. We love having you as usual. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, back here on the south side, Southport Road at Whiskey Business with Michelob Ultra and NBA Jam playing for a title and the shoes here. AAA Membership Lounge, YouTube Live as well. We'd love to see you down here. There's been a lot going on today. I did want to thank Blaine Williams... Blaine of Greenwood Community High School is an English teacher. And also Blaine is the boys and girls track and field head coach at Greenwood. Um, I was over there last night. Laney and Center Grove had an eighth grade game. And uh, Blaine sent me a very nice note. He was keeping the book last night at Greenwood Middle School and uh, had some very nice things to say about my daughter Laney. And thank you very much. She was out there last night, had a good game, playing really hard, and uh, this is exactly what we want to see. But um, always good. I I love that new middle school, Greenwood Middle School. Now, I was a huge fan of the old gym. They tore that down, obviously, but the old gym was one of the best places ever. I loved shooting in that old gym that used to be over there off of Madison, which is gone now. But it was a great place. We used to play pickup in there all the time. But Blaine Williams, English teacher and uh, track and field coach at Greenwood, thank you very much keeping the book last night. And a nice note regarding our team and uh, Laney Lou playing a little hoop in Greenwood last night. Meantime, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, speaking of hoop, it's been a busy day on the trade deadline day in the NBA for the Pacers. Buddy Heald, the Philly, you get three second rounders and uh, Marcus Morris, and uh, Forkhand Cornmats in return 
Doesn't look like any of those will stay. Actually, they've exercised, I think, a couple of those second-rounders. So as it remains right now, it's Buddy Heald for a second-rounder. Doug McDermott coming from San Antonio back to the Pacers. That was a second-rounder and Marcus Morris. And then Corey Joseph back to the Pacers, too, from Golden State whom the Pacers play later on tonight. He, since that point in time, after being traded for a second rounder, has been reportedly released. And to sort it all out from setting the pace, he is Alex Golden. Um, it's been, I mean, just kind of a hair-on-fire type of day for the Pacers, Pacer fans, and, and those covering it. But as at the end, <laughs> you're going to get like Doug McDermott and a second rounder. That's looked like that's all the return of the day, right, is what we're looking at? Yeah, that and maybe they keep Perk on Corkmoss. We'll see exactly if that yeah. if that player still remains. I think he's 26 years old, so it could make some sense to keep him on the roster. Like you said, they already cut Corey Joseph, who they acquired, right at the deadline at 3 o'clock. So, yeah, honestly, today I, I, I haven't really been one to really criticize much of the trades Pritchard and Buchanan have done, but to me I think the Pacers got a little bit worse. I thought so too. Were you a fan of it, of this day? I, I think it made sense, right? Like, obviously, they weren't going to come to an agreement with Buddy Hill for a contract extension, so good chance that he does walk away in June but or June or July. But at this point, you know, why not just let him walk then instead of getting yeah. uh, a decent, you know, couple second-round picks? Like, yeah, you don't lose them for nothing, technically. That pick that could – I think it's Toronto and, like, a couple other teams are attached to it. But likely the pick second-round pick this year from Toronto, like – probably be around like 35 to 40. That's the pick you get back for Buddy Hill. It's like, what are you really doing with that pick? So to me, it's like, is it really worth messing up the uh, chemistry that this team has and how good Buddy Hill fits in? I don't think so. So I think they took a step back, but I don't think it's going to impact them incredibly about, a lot. But I still think that it was a deal that kind of ended up putting them back a spot. I um, There has to be something further that we're looking at. I mean, is there something that, that's going to be dealing with Siakam is it something that they may want to do further down the road? How many steps ahead do you think they might be right now considering the measures that were taken by this team before the trade deadline today? Yeah, I, I really don't know, John. I think it's too hard to tell. I mean, Siakam's numbers are going to be pretty high. Halliburton's extension kicks in. They're going to be a team that's over the salary cap, so they're going to have to operate as a team that's trying to do that. And obviously, Buddy Hill, the contract he wanted to heard was – pretty big so I mean it makes sense why they didn't want to give him that number but at the same time I'm just kind of I'm kind of puzzled by why not just write it out like does Doug McDermott make you better than Buddy Hill no I mean we saw what McDermott could do here but Buddy Hill fit in so well with this team and Halliburton talked about it after the game on Tuesday night Caitlin Cooper did a great job pointing out all the things he does even when he's not shooting the basketball so, or well so yeah, I just I was a little bit surprised. I don't I don't really know exactly what they're gonna do. They could bring McDermott back on a cheaper contract that could be tradable, so that's one pro maybe, but at this point, I don't know. I, I feel like just let it play out. There's a good playoff run. Maybe Buddy decides, okay, I wanna be back here with this team and instead of kicking the can down the road. Obviously the front office guys know exactly what those numbers were, so you know, I'm not gonna sit and act like I know more than them, but at the same time I just wonder, was this the right move at the right time? Um, you can probably tell if you're listening earlier today, I was, I was disappointed. And of course people, mm -hmm. you know, have been kind of ripping me with my disappointment and, and really downplaying 
the impact, the effect that Buddy Heald had on this team. And just looking at, well, he's been in a slump, which, as you know, I think is absolute BS because it's worth more. And I've explained what I view his worth at far beyond just his making or missing on the floor. I mean, you look at this. Do you look at this as something that you're disappointed in? I mean, yes and no. Like, I knew that it was something that could happen. We talked about it at nauseum on our podcast. Just, you know, what kind of deal could you get back for Buddy Heald? And everything that we threw out there, we were trying to maybe hope we'd get more than what they got back for the Pacers. You know, because to me, Marcus Morris and Perkin Korkmaz and three second-round picks, that doesn't scream a lot of value. So kind of shows you how other teams valued Buddy Heald in terms of his expiring contract. But, you know, that the second-round picks, they are nice assets to have moving forward. So it's not a bad thing. Obviously, I think they traded, I think, the Clippers' second-round pick that conveys in 2029. That's how far down the road it is. They used that to get McDermott. So I just feel like overall, John, the Pacers, the only good thing that they did today was they made it a little bit easier rotation-wise to make sure that Ben Mather and Andrew Nimhard get more of an uptick in minutes because we know Rick Carlisle really relied on Buddy quite a bit uh, and played him a lot of minutes, even using him as a starter for a majority of the season. So I just feel like maybe the, the front office is like, hey, we want to see our young guys kind of flourish a little bit more. Maybe this gives them an opportunity to get Ben Shepard in there more, and it does kind of simplify things come playoff time. But I just, I just, it's hard to take away a guy that was 15th in the league and three-pointers made this season, even only shooting 38%, but that's still a really good number. Just last year, I think he shot around 42%, so it's a dip. But, you know, you're right. He is in a slump. He's not a great defender, but – he does more than just shoot the basketball. He, he creates so much space for the offense to, to be effective. So, you know, it depends. It'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to see what happens here with how they play without him. But I, I just feel like at this point with how well they played this season, I wasn't a super fan of what they did, but I understood it from a business side. I just didn't love it. Um, Silas Golden setting the pace, talking about the deals today, the, the flurry of deals, if you will, prior to the trade deadline of the NBA for the Pacers. He's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. And don't forget, you get the Pacers and the Warriors tonight. 6.30, your coverage begins right here after an anything goes that should be spirited coming up here in the 6 o'clock hour. Um, I saw Rick Carlisle was quoted 15 minutes ago saying this. We're not just building a team for this year. We have a longer-range vision. That's Rick Carlisle. Problem I have with that, okay, fine. I think everybody understands it, and that's where I'll put this. We all understand that. Why is it so wrong considering the look of what you got in return to also playing at your best right now? Because let's face it, even in a slump, I'd be hard-pressed to believe that this team got better by virtue of, of this deal or these deals today. So why, why can't you have both around here? Why can't that be both for Pacer fans? I'm curious. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know. Like, the moves they made today didn't scream that they're doing this for the future of anything unless, like I mentioned, they're wanting to get younger guys playing time to see what they can do in a playoff series. And that, to me, does make some sense. And that second-round pick that they could get next year, potentially from Toronto around 35-40, like I mentioned, like, that maybe does give them a little bit more of like a, hey, we wanted to get a player that's younger on a two-way deal or a contract that's really cheap to have in case. You know, there, there's somebody they're targeting in that range. You know, you just never know what, like, players are looking at. But at that point, I, I just 
I still don't understand why they just didn't hold on to Buddy if they were going to make the moves they did today because it felt like it was kind of like, you know, you, you gave away the best player in, in all the deals that were done today. And the best athlete you got back is a early second-round pick. You know, McDermott, a veteran, he's not going to really be a part of this team's future moving forward, in my opinion. Like, if you're trying to look at the future, it's not like you're investing a whole lot in a 32-year-old McDermott. So, I feel like the best experience is to get into the playoffs, let these guys kind of see what they have. And Buddy Hill's never been to the playoffs, so it would have been a good opportunity for him as well to kind of get a different feeling out there of what that's like. And that's why I feel like there could have been maybe an emotional change in terms of how he felt about the money they were offering him because right. it would lead to maybe some winning basketball, playing with one of his best friends in Tyrese Halliburton. So, and if not, at least you'd have his bird rights. Maybe you could do a sign-and-trade and find something better in the off-season trade-wise and what they got. But they probably didn't feel like they could, so they moved off of him. They, if they really wanted to move Buddy Hill for younger players – they probably should have moved him in the offseason when he had more value than waiting to the deadline. But, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to be in that spot because I know they really like Buddy Hill. They wanted to get something done, so they were trying to bet on themselves. And, you know, we'll see how this plays out. But with the young guys coming up, you know, this is a great opportunity for Ben Matherin and Andrew Nimhart to kind of prove that they belong and that they're staples moving forward to this team. And I'm, I'm excited to see their growth. People have asked me this, and I'll ask you. Do you think that Buddy Heald and his representation asked for this, desired this, wanted this? That's a good question. I mean, I haven't really thought of it from that angle. It's very possible that if they weren't able to agree on a contract uh, extension, then, hey, let me go somewhere else that can potentially do that. And that's why I think you saw the two names rumored were like Detroit and Philadelphia. And so Philly's got a ton of cap space. They had a lot of players on expiring contracts, so they could easily bring him back. And, and still have a lot of room to make other moves. And I know that Daryl Morey has been a long admirer of Buddy Heald. So I think that if you have a healthy Embiid with Tyrese Maxey and, and, and Buddy Heald, that's a pretty good uh, combination there of those three guys, depending on who else they bring back or who else they go out and try to get. So it, it does make some sense. I, I'm just glad that the Pacers were able to find Buddy Heald a home that's uh, of a team that's going to make the playoffs just so he can eventually get to that point and just experience what playoff basketball is like because – that's like one of the most funny jokes running around is like, who's the player that's got the most active games played in the regular season and not a playoff game is Buddy Heald. So I just feel like he deserves it. He's been a good pro here. He was a good pacer. Didn't really cause any issues. And the locker room loved him. I feel like that's another aspect of it that we're not looking at though, is just the positivity he brought with that locker room. I think those guys are really going to miss him. So Alice Golden is setting the pace. He's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. I haven't seen it. Has uh, Carlisle mentioned, did they get with Halliburton about this and get any kind of okay? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Tyrese knew about it. I think that's part of the reason why maybe Tyrese oh, kind of Oh, uh, okay. He well, here it is. Hey, hold on a second, Alex. I'll let you finish. I saw this from James Boyd. Rick Carlisle says he hasn't spoken to Halliburton directly about Buddy Heald being traded, but he's aware of how much Heald meant to Halliburton. Does that sound super strange to you as it does to me? It, it sounds a little interesting that Carlisle hasn't talked to him, but we know that we know that Tyrese was also heavily involved in the Pacers' pursuit of Pascal Siakam, and they had talked before. So I don't think that Tyrese is at all stunned by this possibility that Buddy Hill could be moved. I'm sure that they kind of let him know, like, hey, we're listening to offers, that kind of thing. I mean, but at the end of the day, like, Tyrese Halliburton is the player – the front office guys have to do what's best for the team, and it's going to be hard emotionally-wise, player-wise. So 
I'm sure Tyrese doesn't love this move, but I'm sure he understands it. But I, I don't think it's going to negatively impact how he plays the game or what he thinks of Indiana. But it does, you know, it does make you wonder a little bit just because they were like best friends. They've been on each other's team since Tyrese got drafted. So it'll be a different dynamic, and it's just another adjustment for Tyrese Halliburton. But, you know, I, I think he'll be okay. I don't think the front office would have made this trade if they knew it was going to really upset and ruffle the feathers of Halliburton. You um, you downgrade at all your expectation for what's remaining on this season with this deal? No, I don't think so. And I think when we talked, you know, a couple of days ago, I said that if they do trade Buddy Hill, I don't think it's going to negatively impact their win-loss record, that kind of thing, because he is a role player at the end of the day. And, you know, there might be a night McDermott gets hot, and so you kind of feel like, okay, he's kind of replacing what Buddy did in this moment here. But – you know, it's just great opportunity, like I mentioned earlier, just for growth for Ben Matherin. Like, now he doesn't have to worry about another guy getting minutes over him. So he's strictly, like, clearly the best player off the bench. And it, you're hoping for that year three step that a lot of guys take next year. And this hopefully can give him a little bit of time, get rejuvenated after the All-Star break, and then hit the ground running the last 25-plus games of the season and then just really get ready for the postseason. Like, what can Ben Matherin do when he's really relied upon? And I feel like, you know, that, that's that's the positive here. I think that the guys are good enough. Like, that starting five is pretty solid with Nimhard, with Neesmith, Halliburton, Siakam, Turner. Like they, they've got a good group still, so you're just losing one role player. It's not like McDermott's a terrible player. So I think that there's still a good possibility that they probably achieve the same amount of wins they would have with Buddy Hill. But, you know, there's always that game where Buddy Hill come in and get hot and hit seven, eight threes in the game and, and swing a game for you. So they do miss that potentially, but – I don't necessarily think it really changes the, the projection for the rest of the season. I have explained it this way, too, and then people disagree, and I just kind of shake my head a little bit about it, that when Buddy's on the floor, he is so accomplished at the craft of shooting threes through a struggle or when he is making. It's all the same in how teams scout, prepare for him, and then, rotationally speaking, on the floor – he creates space for others, in particular for Tyrese Halliburton. And those are things just beyond the three-point-making ability that you have with him that now goes to Philadelphia and you lose with him. And I, I think a lot of people around here, just because he'd slump shooting, I think a lot of people don't truly realize that, but I think they will when it's no longer around. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I think McDermott can provide some of the same things, right, with his spacing and the gravity he's going to draw. He's a different player overall, and I don't think he'll play as many minutes as maybe Buddy Hill was relied upon. But, I mean, McDermott did play, I believe, those 26 games, John, with Rick Carlisle in Dallas before he signed with the Pacers when he got traded from New York to Dallas midseason uh, back like four or five years ago, and he shot around 49% from three. So I think that Carlisle knows a lot of the tendencies that McDermott has, and where he can get in the good-looking spots at, on the court. So I don't think that'll be a problem with him fitting in offensively and kind of replacing some of what Buddy Hill did. But it, it clearly won't be at the same level of impact because he doesn't have that same synergy with Tyrese Halliburton and, and where to – you know, he, he knows – Buddy Hill knows where to go at in this offense why it's going to be a learning process for McDermott. But, you know, that, that definitely does impact it. And I, I just feel like, you know, Buddy Hill was probably one of the most misunderstood pacers by fans on this team – in terms of what he does, because, yeah, he isn't a great defender, but there was times where he played pretty solid team defense, not a good on-ball defender. We saw him get attacked 
you know, relentlessly against the Suns. And I think it was more of an eye-opener, like, okay, we know that we really don't know if we can trust him come playoff time because of his defensive liability. But what he brings offensively, it cannot be uh, mistaken. You can't just push to the side because he was a huge asset for this team offensively. So Alex Golden setting the pace is going to have a lot for you, I'm sure, with a fresh new podcast and more coming out. Shared some thoughts on the day that was the NBA trade deadline and a lot going on with this Pacer team. By the way, Clay Thompson not playing, if anybody cared. For the Warriors coming up later on tonight, that game at Gamers Fieldhouse with Golden State and the Pacers. Alex, I appreciate that, man. I'm sure we'll catch up again soon and see what happens. Hey, by the way, OG Anobi elbow surgery, so obviously he's unavailable for the Knicks coming up this weekend when the Pacers are there, but the Knicks made a lot of deals to win right now. That should be even more interesting. Alex, they got you covered for that, too. Thank you, Alex. Yeah, thanks again, John. While we were talking, Corkmaz got waved, too, so... Uh... <laughs> You know, so we're going to have another open roster spot. I guess be on the lookout for a buyout candidate if they're maybe wanting to add somebody else. I don't know what's going to happen. But, yeah, I thought the Knicks clearly won the trade deadline today and really good. No yeah. and OB Bogdanovich, just some really good moves by the Knicks. And I think they might have the deepest 12-man roster now in the entire NBA. There it is. Thank you, Alex, for that update. No cork, boss. Yes, sir. He was only <laughs> He was only a fleeting dream around here. Thanks, brother. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks, Jamie. Whiskey business, Michelob Ultra, NBA Jam. We got some anything goes. All right, I got time from here until about 623 to take your calls on what the day has been pacer-wise at 239-1070. We'll load that up, get you a chance at Luke Bryan tickets coming up too. 93-5-107-5 the fan. The ride with JMV. and 107.5. The Fan. Uh, We got time to load up some phones here. Luke Bryan tickets next hour. Macho Mike is in the house. Wanted me to mention that. I've got a lot of Ron Colley friends housing it up here, too. Bill Alford. Is it Alford or Alford? Alford? Bill's birthday is today, and we wanted to pass along a happy birthday, Bill. Thank you for coming, man. I appreciate that. Whiskey business, my man D's in the house. We've got our friends from Zinc, Michelob Ultra, bring us to you an NBA jam as they continue to play right now for the opportunity to win these. These are the shoes, the Nike Air Courtside Michelob Ultra Specials. If you're inside the AAA Membership Lounge on YouTube Live, you can see those right there. I'll tell you what. Hey, Dev's the engineer on site. Dev, I love the fact that the screen's behind me. That looks cool as hell. Inside the lounge, the AAA Membership Lounge. I absolutely love that. But we're here, and we've got time coming up here after the top of the hour. James, tell me, how long do we have? We are going till 6.23.30. 6.23, your thoughts on the Buddy Heald deal. So Corkmoss evidently has been waived as well. So you have Doug McDermott and one second round pick. That's what you have remaining out of Buddy Heald being traded. Got to get your thoughts on that. Golden State Pacers tonight. Got you covered bottom of the hour at the pregame show right here. And some anything goes, including Luke Bryan ticket opportunities for you coming up after six. Don't go anywhere. 239-1070 is the number. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.
The Ride with JMV. Ahoy, Paloy. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Oh, this sounds like anything goes right here. Who's ready? This is not Luke Bryan, by the way. I'm going to announce the opportunity for you to win Luke Bryan before we're out of here. This is Florida Georgia Line. Anything goes. Whiskey Business Southside. Michelob Ultra. NBA Jam. Our friends at Zinc are awesome. I love them so. They know that. We're having a great time down here. Shout out to Dev, who's been the on-site engineer, doing a great job for us. James back in the studio. It's been a wild day, and honestly, it has when you think about it. You think about the deal, Buddy Heald, the Philadelphia that started to roll. I talked about that. You've had my thoughts. I could share more of my thoughts regarding that. And, hey, listen, here's the good thing. There's only been one, one jackass today. We can all have these conversations and not get all pissy with one another. Believe me, I'm not. Now, when I'm fired upon, I'm going to return and I'm going to finish it. But we don't have to be pissy. It's okay if you don't believe that Buddy is as valuable to this team as I do. That's okay. And you may end up being proven accurate. I may be completely wrong. Now, I would advise that I wasn't wrong about T.J. McConnell Remember when everybody wanted to trade T.J. McConnell for a knife and a fork set? I mean, now, one of the reasons why you see Andrew Nimhart starting, they feel comfortable in doing that, is because there's no more sitting and not being played. McConnell is huge coming off the bench as the point man right now. It's one of the reasons, one of the factors why you feel compelled to add Nimhart to the starting lineup and say, hey, what we really want you to concentrate on, to focus on, is defensively. And we'll see that, I'm assuming, coming up tonight. I mean, they're trying to get better defensively. I think Neesmith does some things. And Nimhart, obviously, they're just never going to be what really, truly is necessary. And my beef, or at least one of them, regarding this deal, and again, so easily giving up Buddy Heald for what you have now as a second rounder, and why I'm not with Doug McDermott as far as being what Buddy Heald was. It is just different. It is different in how teams prepare for either. And the threat that he is, even going through slumps, he's still that threat. And the space he opens up on the floor for everybody else, including Halliburton. And I just don't think that you could easily be so cavalier to dismiss that. And then on the other hand, while I I, I truly get that you want to build for the future, and this is not a win a championship type of team right now, but... If you're going to get this in a return, McDermott's not going to be here long term. And you get a second rounder. I mean, I'll have to hear more, and I'm sure there are going to be rules and finances that will help me more easily understand this. But right now I'm thinking, why did you give up Buddy Heald for this? Playing the way that you are. Why can't you play? I mean, listen, if you're going to let him go, let him go. Basically for a second rounder. That's where I sit. I'm sure I'll add more to this coming up on tomorrow's show. I'll explain in a second. All right, so anything goes at 239-1070 and Luke Bryan tickets, as James will remind me 
before we bail out of here for the Pacer pregame show. Denny's going to lead at 239-1070. Hello, Denny. Hey, by the way, Denny, before you start, Bob, are you leaving? Jimmy Cook's brother Bob is here and wanted to know why I call Arrowhead Stadium a toilet. Because I hated every ounce of my experience there, Bob. I apologize. That's never going to change, unfortunately. Good to see you, brother. I, I know. I know. Hey, Denny's at 239-1070. Hello, Denny. How are you? How you doing? Denny, I'm great. Go ahead. Um, the family okay? As far as I know. Last I okay. checked. Last I checked, they're doing well. Yeah, I, I hope that maintains, yes. Okay, I got a question for you, JV. Yeah. Um the Sycamores are doing great. They are. Butler's doing great. Correct. Purdue or uh, Notre Dame sucks, but Purdue's doing good. And IU sucks. So who's going to the NCAA tournament? Well, Purdue is going to be the, I would assume, if not, you know, the number one overall right up there with a team like UConn. So they're going to go. Um, I will cry for days if Indiana State fumbles and is not able to go. I still think they have to end up winning the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament. But I will yes, cry, sir, you're right. and I think I think Butler right Butler right now is on the right side of it. Providence is going to be a big game for them this weekend, but I think they're on the right side of that so-called bubble to get into. So as it stands right now, I think we would enjoy seeing three, and if a couple of them don't stumble and fall, I think that's what we're going to get three. Um, how's your jump shot doing? What my jump shot? Yeah. Oh, man. True story. It was great on Sunday morning. <laughs> True story. It was great on Sunday morning at Southport High School. I love playing at Southport Fieldhouse. Just a yeah. just soft, soft floor. Feels good. We play it early in the morning, so I'm feeling better then. I played at Center Grove on Tuesday night, Denny, and I was an absolute mess. I was a disaster. I don't know what was going on. I was old man, stiff. And I'm an old man, but I didn't normally feel that stiff. I couldn't get loose. Oh, was an absolute disaster. So last time well, out wasn't so for, good. I played for the Millers. You did? Yeah. Yes. Well, and, I um, and Denny. Yeah. Denny, thank you for the call. I was I was a mess on Tuesday night, Denny. But I got to give a shout out to, I believe, the best coach in Perry Township. Brendan Dudas, the coach of the Southport baseball team that lets us in. They got some good coaches over there. They got some knuckleheads, but they got some really good coaches over there. But Brendan Dudas lets us in, and I love playing at Southport Fieldhouse on Sunday mornings. In fact, I'm getting Chad Buchanan down there sometime, the Pacer general manager, and he's going to get in with that group too. I've already told him, I said, hey, man, whenever you're not scouting or whenever you're not out or whatever, you're coming down there and playing, it is awesome. Felt good in there at Center Grove on Tuesday night. I was an absolute mess. Denny, thank you for the call. Anything goes at 239-1070. Uh, give me James up next, if you would. Hello, James. Hey, JMV, how you doing? James, I'm outstanding. Go ahead. Good. Hey, JMV, so I got a comment on the, on the Buddy Hill trade, and then I got a request from you. So, uh, first thing on Buddy Hill, I think, the, to me, the trade makes no sense. I mean, I don't think we got anything worth what the value was that he brought to the team. I think I'm with you, but I feel like we might be in the minority on this. But 
that's just my two cents on it. Yeah, I, I'm I, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of it. I just think in, until I hear more, until I hear more of what was the rationale behind it, it just looks like they made their team worse today. That's what it looks like in the now. I mean, I, we just don't know how it fits in the future, but in the now, that's exactly how I view it. You just made yourself worse. Yeah, that's the same way I look at it. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Hindsight is always twenty twenty, so we'll look back and see if this worked out or not. You got and, it. Uh, hey, the, anything else? Yep, one other thing. So, I know your daughter plays some basketball, and I'm actually one of the coaches at uh, Stony Brook Middle School in Indy and Warren Township. I'm trying to see if we can use one of the biggest names in the city with you to make a connection with the Fever somehow. Our girl got Tarney coming up next week. We're trying to see if we can get some inspiration. We got the number one team in the conference, and trying to see if we can make some connection with the Fever to have some. Well, why, yeah, just um, I, I can see you can send me an email, and I'll see what I'll do. I don't know. I don't know. It may be a quick turnaround, depending on what they're doing. I don't know, you know, where they're doing and what's going on. I saw. Grace Berger, for example, revved up uh, the car, the Indy car, the other night before the Houston game down there. I don't know what the rest of the team and the organization might be doing right now, but we can certainly put a feeler and or a flyer out. They love, and that's one of the great things about the fever, and especially with me, and you know this as well, You know, having a, a daughter that plays basketball or being involved with it, having a family member involved with girls' basketball, uh, they, they have a significant reach they love going out and making it known and, and trying to build that thing up around here. So, yeah, send me something, and I'll see if I can get a feeler out to them. All right, sounds good, Jimmy. I appreciate it. I'll get that over to you. You call me anytime. Thank you very much, James. Rob is up next on Anything Goes. Hello, Rob. Hey, how's it going, man? Rob, I'm fantastic. Go ahead. Hey, I, I, I kind of disagree with you about the trade. I like Buddy Hill. But he wasn't going to resign with us. So uh, as it comes down, we replace him with Doug McDermott, and we get an extra second-round pick. But it's going to be pretty high. Uh, yeah, I wish he would have stayed, but if he had no desire to resign with us. There was nothing we could really do. And so it, it, it's one of those things. I, it's going to be interesting, but – uh, you had a caller said that, you know, McDermott can't make his own shot. Well, with Halliburton out there, you don't have to make your own shot. He gets you the ball when you're wide open. And we've, we've seen McDermott hit wide open threes quite a bit. So uh, I don't know what the, the trade's going to do, but uh, it's been nice to watch the Pacers win this year. And I hope it just keeps going. If you don't mind, can I uh, listen? Can you put me on hold so I can listen to your response? You got it, Rob. Thank you very much. Put Rob on hold, James, if you would. I This is how I look at it right now. And I fully understand you know, that maybe years down the road, they utilize that second rounder and they make something out of it and we all get excited and I pop a sports arousal and the world is right. Maybe that happens. But what I'm looking for right now is I fully understand I'm aware of the future. We just don't know how a second-round pick as it stands right now, how that plays a significant enough role for the future to take something away that has been significant to this team in the present. That's my thought. 
That's my wonder. Now, I've had other beefs, and as I mentioned at the start of the show, I know overwhelmingly it's going to be, he's not going to resign, so get whatever you can for him. And I'm going to lose that battle. But with what they have in a return, if you're a Pacer fan right now, it's okay. We'll worry about the future when that becomes a little bit more clear. We just don't know the effect that this deal is going to have on that. But we do know the present, don't we? I mean, you look at Buddy Heald going to Philly, and you have a second rounder for the future, and Doug McDermott coming in here. Do you feel like now with this team winning? And by the way, it's okay to live in the moment in the present and then also have an eyeball on the future. You know who also does that? Who else wants to win right now? Who else looks at the future with that in mind? Tyrese Halliburton. They get better now? Are they worse now? Talking about at this moment moving forward. And they may very well blow Golden State right out of the gym tonight. But just your thoughts on that deal on the surface, how we see it right now, and did they make this team in the present better? 239-1070. Jonah is up next. Hello, Jonah. Hey, JMV. How you doing? Jonah, you hey, in JMV, Phoenix, Arizona? I am. Great, buddy. You in it's it? actually been rainy all day. I'm loving it. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's what I've heard. What do you got? Um, I'm not really as down on the trade as a lot of people are. Um, I'm, I appreciate Buddy for everything that he's done. Now, at the beginning of the season, I would have been more upset if they traded him then because I thought he was on a good start. Like that 6-for-6 that six six game in Atlanta, I mean, Buddy Heald won that game in that uh, in-season tournament game. But I, I just felt like for the past month, especially when Halliburton went down, I thought Buddy Heald would kind of rise to the occasion, and he's done anything but that. And there was just there were some games I just watched him on the defensive end and just hitting missing open shots when when they he needed to hit them and I just kind of kind of shaking my head a little bit at this and it, just for a guy that has poor defensive presence on the ball I I just feel like he's too inconsistent on offense to you know be be here and I I, I initially like the trade even though I'm not a Marcus Morris fan but I kind of wish we kept kind of kept those three second round picks and the second round picks can be valuable I mean we got OB Toppin for two second round picks and I just I hope with McDermott the guy who averaged six points on the bad Spurs team and with a faster paced offense that the Pacers have I hope he can average a little bit more than that and I think he can it's just it's hard to tell right now, but I don't think the Pacers really got any worse or better with this trade. And I'm just right now it just doesn't move the needle for me. So I'll let I you know. I got you. There. Yeah. Hey Jonah, thank you very much for the call in Phoenix, Arizona. I will say this: my mom's going to be happy because my mom said, "Hey, would you please would you tell the Pacers, whoever you talk to?" She said, "Would you tell them?" And I think that was before I had Chad Buchanan on last Monday. She said, "Would you tell him?" Not to trade Obi Tappan. And I said, I will tell him not to trade Obi Tappan. She calls him Tappan. So Obi Tappan is still with the team, and that's probably a bit of a surprise to people. Now, there's some things, and I don't know how this figures. I mean, maybe there's something they're trying to do to help maintain the possibility of keeping the one one of these options who could bail at the end of the season is Jalen Smith. 
I think we all understand that Jalen Smith has had a nice fit with this team. You know, maybe there's something there. Maybe there's something with, you know, trying to, you know, give the type of contract that's going to be necessary for Pascal Siakam. Again, as I mentioned, those are things that we don't know. I'm just talking about in the moment with a second rounder and Doug McDermott and no longer having Buddy Heald. I'm just asking you, are you satisfied with that? Does it make it all okay? Gary's next at 239-1070. Hello, Gary. Hey, JMV. How you doing? Gary, outstanding. Go ahead. Um, I, I, I don't always agree with you, but I have to agree with you on this one. I think it is a step down. Um, I don't. I know he's been in a slump and things of that nature, but um, I think it's a step down. I, I think that you always say go for it when you have a chance right now. And uh, I'm not saying they're going to win the Eastern Conference or anything like that, but that being said, I think that um, we took a step back. And, and for what we see, for what we know right now, which we know – because of NBA rules and, you know, how they address things contractually. And maybe, maybe with this, this second rounder, maybe that will transition or be a part of a deal one of these days that we're absolutely thrilled about. But where we stand right now, where this team has been good, and where they stand right now, you take away Buddy Heald and substitute that for Doug McDermott, that's not equal. There's not. No. no. I agree with I agree. you. 100%. I agree. So. Thank you, Jay. Gary, you call anytime. I know down the road you guys may just roast me about, oh, you see, look who they got, and all you did was yap on that Thursday when you're at whiskey business and cry and whine and whine and cry. You know, that's kind of the nature of this business because I have to respond to it in the now. I got to play for it now. And without knowing from Chad Buchanan what their long-term thought is going into it, it looks like that you traded a second rounder or you got traded Buddy Hill, they got a second rounder and Doug McDermott. And while I understand that long-term future, that this is not so much in the now, the future is what they're looking at. They're winning in the now. They're com- very competitive in the now. And if that's what you're going to get in return, I just sit here right now and wonder, okay, then why did you just... I mean, if you're going to lose Buddy for nothing, that's pretty close to what you got right now. I think a lot of people would agree with me on that. Regardless of what he's been shooting, how he's been shooting, you know, his lack of defensive prowess, all that. Uh, Stan's next at 239-1070. Stan, welcome to the show. Stan, are you there? Yes, I'm there. How you doing, JMV? Great, buddy. Go ahead. I, I I don't agree with the trade, but I go with it either way. Straight Pacer fan, I've been listening to you talk about this for days. If they if they let go of Buddy Hield and the difference, he did more than just shoot the veteran out there and realize and understanding the lead. But I'll say this: this is what I've been saying for the longest. I don't think we should have traded. I think we should have picked up a big, a backup big for Miles, for the Phillies, for the Giannis's and. For the uh, for the Boston, this may shock everybody. What I'm getting ready to say, I think we should have probably picked up a Boogie Cousins. It wouldn't have, it wouldn't have hurt us money wise. Bought him in here for some beef for some bully beef down low, and I think we could. Where have is where is he right now? Around. Is he in, is he in China? Demarcus Cousins, where is he? 
I think he. I know he's in one of those leagues. He's in the league, but he looks. He looks excellent. Very excellent. He, and he, he could have gave us that backup, something that that our backup centers are not going to be able to give us when it comes to the playoffs. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. So giving away Buddy for right now, I would have waited to the to the end of the season and just let him walk if he wasn't going to stay. You never know how he could have changed his mind about a contract. Yep. But I understand. I understand that they're trying to hold money for Pascal. Yep. And, hey, and, oh, yep. Hey, hey, Stan, I apologize. I do have to run right here. Thank you for that. That's Stan, everybody. That's anything goes. Luke Bryan tickets number nine at two three nine ten seventy is going to go on me. Luke Bryan number nine two three nine ten seventy. All right, big show coming up tomorrow. I think Anthony Leal is going to join us of IU tomorrow too. We'll get you set for IU and Purdue from West Lafayette. Coming up on Saturday. Thank you, Whiskey Business, my friends at Zinc. Thank you, everybody here, for showing up on the south side with Michelob Ultra. James, great job from you, Dev. You, too. Got Pacer Hoops with Golden State and a full recap on a wild day coming at you tomorrow at 3. Have a great night.